0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 177 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm doing well, Joe. Uh, I've spent most of my day arguing with Bret Hart fans on
1: Twitter, and I am feeling refreshed.
0: Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Some very real, um, thought-out, founded-in-reality arguments that you made there.
1: Yes, not at all designed to just make people angry. See, I need Ed there. Ed is, when we do this debate eventually with me and Ed versus you and the boar, Ed's going to be my fact checker. I'm just there to like put (laughs) your fact checker. (laughs) Yeah, it's my fact checker. He's the, he's the guy with the ideas. I'm just there to, uh, I don't know, uh, yell louder. I think, I think I might be able to yell louder and project more so than that. That's my, that's my, my goal.
0: Well, shortly after last week's episode went up, uh, oh. Ed tweeted out that his only uh, – like, if this debate does happen, yeah, yeah. the only thing he's going to do is show that gif of Shawn Michaels eating the imaginary sandwich. I think that's what he's doing in that gif. <laughs> and that's going to be his only thing. He's like, this is why Shawn's the greatest, and just show that, right?
1: See, I, that would win the debate for us, but we got to put on a show at least. we got to toy with our food before we finish you off. That's right. <laughs> So here's the thing that always gets me with you Bret Hart fans, all right? Obviously, I prefer Shawn Michaels over Bret, you prefer Bret over Shawn Michaels, but I will concede that if I think Bret Hart, I'm sorry, if I think Shawn Michaels is the greatest wrestler of that era, I would say, oh, well, Bret's a close second. But you people, you'll be like, Brett is the best of all time, but Shawn Michaels is terrible. Shawn Michaels is barely in the top 100. And that's where you guys look foolish. So I'll always be willing to just, you know, needle a Bret Hart fan and just rally guys up. It's a good time.
0: So here's the thing. So as much as I I defend Brett, Brett is like in my top 10 of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, he's maybe number six. He's not in the top five, you know? Yeah. And Sean's good, but, like, Sean's maybe in my top 50. And that's kind of what I rank it on. And, the, like, there's a lot of other, like, little metrics and stuff if you really wanted to put things uh, right up next to them. Um, you know, obviously, if you you want to compare, like, their similar eras to each other, right? Yeah. I think you have have
1: to go apples and apples because it's like if you were saying all time, like, I don't think either one of them is anywhere close to Danielson. You know, like with my 22 eyes, like Bret Hart makes, I'm sorry, Danielson makes Bret Hart look like Sean Spears, you know, like in both the ring and on the mic, you know, there's no comparison. So when you compare Bret Hart, you have to do it against his contemporaries.
0: Okay. So, right. So like, if we're looking at like, and we'll say their peaks, okay. We'll say their, you know, and again, we're not going to do the whole thing, but just as an example, okay. We're going to do like, like opponents. If I was to take Bret Versus Undertaker or Sean versus Undertaker. Okay. And I'm not t- talking about the Sean Undertaker WrestleMania matches. I'm talking Sean Undertaker, m- Undertaker matches from the 90s and Brett Undertaker matches from the 90s. Sean gets the nod because Sean had better matches at Undertaker. That's just because the way the skill set worked. But when you look at Sean versus Stone Cold or Brett versus Stone Cold, the Brett and Stone Cold matches are way better. Than the Shawn Stone Cold matches of that same era.
1: Sure, but you could put an asterisk that Shawn was
0: at least uh, allegedly in like crippling pain in those matches. Well, and again, you could put you could put the asterisk that Shawn Michaels was pilled up in every single match that he had from nineteen ninety five to nineteen ninety eight, right? So he's um, So that, you know they the, all those matches get a pass. You know, I I, I understand because I was um. I, I may have been consulted to dig up some archival footage of times when Sean was pil- visibly pilled up on TV for a project that a mutual friend might be doing. Well, that
1: probably took a long time to find any of that footage.
0: <laughs> well, I'll I'll say this: it was um, it was tougher to narrow down specifics. <laughs> You didn't have to like, go to page like, oh, two one, I'm like, oh, that one time that he did the backstage interview with Jim Ross. And it's like, okay, which one? Because I've got six. Okay. Um... The time <laughs> he look, references. They have been selling injuries. But like this one, if you look at his eyes in the promo, you could definitely see that he's all like glassy eyed and slurring his speech and everything like that. And then it's like, well, here's this uh, pay-per-view press conference. Well, okay, well, which one are we talking about? Are we talking about Royal Rumble 97? Are we talking about WrestleMania 14? You know, we have to narrow it down because there's been a couple, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, I'm glad that watching all this Shawn Michaels archival footage is bringing you such joy. This is a shame that the same thing can't be said about Brett. You know, you probably fall asleep. You wouldn't no, have been, because, wouldn't have been here see, for this podcast.
0: Right. And again, I want to get into add odds. I want to get into <laughs> our actual show. You know, so I got to, show. We, got to keep, we got to keep it under a lean two hours. <laughs> um, but ever like Brett has this whole thing of like, oh, he was such a boring promo and everything else like that. You don't even want to get into comparing pro- like matches is one thing, subjective opponents and everything else like that. But if you look at and I'll just pick, let's say 1995, 1996. 1997, 1994, take any of those years and just promos alone, Brett wipes the floor with Sean. I don't know what world we live in where like people have decided that not only was Brett a boring promo, but Sean was a good promo. Sean Michaels has never been a good promo. I think what
1: it comes down to is if you look back at it, and you're looking for maybe some energy out of your promos and maybe the same thing over and over again. I think that's what sticks in the mind is like, oh, at least you're you're fired up coming out of a Shawn Michaels promo. You might be getting some residual uh, effects from whatever it is that's fueling these promos. And that's what sticks out. And people will keep on sharing this same Bret Hart promo from 97 and being like, oh, look at how great. You know, Bret Hart is as as a promo, and it's always that one promo over and over and over again. Like it's the one where he's shitting on Vince McMahon, and like, oh great, he delivered a good, memorable promo. Congrats. Let's let's save that for the archives. But
0: I'll I'll argue and say I know we talked about it. It came up a couple of weeks ago on this day in wrestling history. But from like whatever that was when he cut that promo on uh Vince, where he's like frustrated. Isn't the goddamn word for it, you know? Uh, From that promo until the time that he leaves WWF. So, again, conservatively, a nine-month stretch. He's the best promo in the business. Yeah. Where Sean's promos, and you talk about energy or repetitiveness, (laughs) how many times can we make the same dick joke over and over again?
1: You can never make the same dick joke over and over again. They're like fucking snowflakes. Well,
0: (laughs) how many times can we chuckle at the same joke of, Triple H and Sean overreacting to Sergeant Slobber again, hilarious stuff was spitting on him when he, he was cutting a promo on them.
1: But then they Wait, had the windshield wipers on their visor, dude. That's
0: good. Oh, shit. <laughs> stands the test of time. It does.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, edit this out of the show, but those, those Bret Hart promos were really good at that time. So cut that, cut that,
0: you know. All right. I made a timestamp. All you. right, cool.
1: <laughs> Joe, do we have a regular show to talk about? We do.
2: And now, At Odds with Wrestling presents This Day
0: in Wrestling History. Now, I am saddened by people that do a lazy job at um picking, like, This Day in Wrestling History stuff uh, for, like, I... a platform that you have to pay for, you know? Oof, yeah, that's why I don't do any research. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go right down the list because I have to end with uh, a personal story. So uh, on this day, wrestling history in 1984. And I'm shocked that I saw so few people talking about this online. But again, Adam, it's 1984. So it happened before wrestling existed, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, recorded history is pretty fuzzy in that era.
0: Right. Uh, David Von Erich passed away. Uh, while on tour in Japan. And, you know, there had been a younger Von Erich brother that passed away before they were wrestlers. He was just a child. But this was the first of the tragedy of, like, the Von Erich family, right? Sure. Um, you know, there's been a lot of speculation in regards to this. Um, you know, people said it was a drug overdose. People said that he choked on food. Uh, the autopsy says that he had a heart attack. Um, you know, all sorts of things. But the major thing was that David was being positioned to be the Von Eric that was going to win the NWA title from Ric Flair.
1: Yeah, and like, Carrie was basically like the consolation prize, right? It,
0: it, unfortunately, yes. So that's kind of the way that those sort of things work. And I always like telling the story. And again, you know, my wife and I, you know, we met through wrestling. We were both wrestling fans. Uh, but m- very similarly to you, you know, she was not watching wrestling when she was four, you know? Yeah. And when the first of these Von Erich documentaries came out and, you know, you're watching it and you're they're talking about the family and they're talking about the brothers and they get to the part of the documentary where David dies. My wife's like, oh, my God, that's so sad that one of the brothers died so young. <laughs> and I pause the DVD and I look oh, at God. it. And I go, April. They all die. She goes, what? I go, yes, of the five of them there in this picture, one of them is still alive. And she goes, they all died young. I go, do you want to finish watching this? And she's like, I guess. But it was just one of those things where, like, she was just like, oh, I can't believe one of the brothers died. And I'm like, oh, no, it's going to get worse. Yeah. This is uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. I get
0: that. Uh, I- so we always mention it 1997 because it lines up with some stuff. Um, that Raw this week was preempted by the Westminster Dog Show.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so Nitro ran unopposed with their usual bloated two-hour, nothing-happening card. Uh, but as we talked about a couple weeks ago, you know, as the NWO storyline is going on, um, DDP has already kind of given the diamond cutter to Holland Nash. He's kind of a man on his own against the NWO, but you have Sting. And if you remember, Macho Man was with Sting for a little while. They come down and confront DDP and do the gimmick where, uh, like, they poke him with the bat and they drop the bat and turn their backs to see if they'll hit them, you know? Yeah. And they don't all stand together, all three of them, but, like, they do kind of fend off the NWO, you know? So they're kind of, like, building that a little bit.
1: Yeah, and I remember towards the end of the the Monday Night Wars when WCW was in its dying days and I was fully on Team WWF at the time, And there would be the weeks where the WWF would be preempted for Westminster or, like, tennis or some shit.
0: Yes, the U.S. Open, sure. Yeah,
1: and the WCW would lose to the dog show. And I was so happy. I was like, aha, fuck you, WCW, die, company. And, (laughs) and like, obviously, (laughs) 22 years later, I'm like, oh, I like WCW 2000, (laughs) you know? (laughs) (laughs) So appreciate what you have
0: when you have it is is my lesson there. Yep. And this one I saw some talk about, but not as much. This day in wrestling history in 2003, uh, Mr. Perfect passed away. No. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's
1: that long ago. Like, I'm looking at, you wrote down just 2003 Mr. Perfect. I'm like, oh, is that when, you know, he made his return to WWE or something like that? Like, 2003 on paper looks like it's forever ago, but.
0: Uh huh. Wow. I'm old. Yeah, I don't. I, like I said, I don't give Adam the full show notes. So oh. uh, you know, I just I give him the bullet points. You know,
1: if I saw everything we were going to talk about, I wouldn't show up. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh but this was one of those deals where, like, you know, he had his return to WWF into that in the beginning of 2002. He was the mystery person in the Rumble. Uh he makes it almost to WrestleMania. uh, because you know, there's the or no, he's not on the WrestleMania card. But I think it's, like, April or May of 2002 where he gets let go because of the plane ride from hell, the one where him and Brock are wrestling on the plane. <laughs> yeah. Almost and, brought the
1: plane down. Almost opened the doors.
0: Right. Uh, then later, 2002, he's in TNA, and, like, the, the startup of TNA. And he he doesn't look good, right? Yeah. And it's a bummer, man, because, like, he was one of those guys, like, he was still young when he passed. Like, he's still going to had a halfway decent run in him, but he was one of those guys that just ran hard. And, like, I think he was definitely like, a wake-up call for a lot of people of his generation, but sadly not enough people of his generation.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think it goes without saying you look at a lot of people from this generation, like the current young guys that are wrestling right now. You know they look at mr perfect as being like one of their favorites and i think that's the reason why you have a lot of people that just go home and play video games now
0: you know mm-hmm. and also i'll say this just to kind of uh end it around from the beginning of the show uh look at mr perfect's matches against sean and look at mr perfect's matches against brett which ones are better brett's
1: yeah brett brett ran into kurt when he was younger and uh Sure. Again, not hurt. You know, if Shawn Michaels had the opportunity oh, uh, to wrestle a healthy Kurt Hennig, then those matches would have been better. I think, again, we're comparing apples and oranges. I,
0: I, uh, 1993, Brett has a match at King of the Ring with um, Mr. Perfect. August of 1993, Shawn has a match with Mr. Perfect at SummerSlam. Two months apart, same year. Mm. One match is really good. The other one... Is a snooze fest.
1: I can't understand why Mr. Perfect wouldn't uh wouldn't work with Sean then. I don't know why he made the match bad.
0: <laughs> they were actually very close friends, and Sean considered Perfect a mentor, and they were riding buddies.
1: Oh, you know, it must have been a rib. I, I remember they, they used to say Kurt Hennig was a big ribber, so uh-huh. that's what it is. He was ribbing Sean.
0: Yep, by having a bad match with him. Exactly. You know? Haha, yeah. uh-huh, real
1: funny. Stop, you know.
0: <laughs> so uh last but not least uh on this day wrestling history 2013 uh the Chikara event While the Dawn is Breaking took place from the Easton Funplex. Now this is something that we are going to watch uh in pieces of course uh in about a month for my show homework of stuff. We're going to kind of finish out 2013 of Chikara until the the shutdown angle, right? Okay. Um, but this match or this show is uh headline double main event. Uh Eddie Kingston defending the grand championship against Kevin Steen and the Young Bucks defending the uh Campeonatos de Parejas against the uh against three uh Matt Lee and Jeff Parker, you know, whatever the hell their names were then. That's what their names are now, right? Yeah. So I bring this up here um only because um adam are you familiar with you know maybe you've seen it like on whatever social media is that you use am i the asshole uh
1: like am i familiar with the expression or yes. is this is,
0: oh of course i i, I say it daily <laughs> right so there's like a subreddit and social media forms and stuff where people will give a story they preface it and end it with saying am i the asshole right yeah absolutely And then you also remember about two years ago when speaking out happened and a lot of people, you know, had a lot of their their very bad dalliances come to light. Sure. Okay. So around that same time, someone attempted to get me canceled.
1: It's about time, but go ahead. Okay.
0: So (laughs) it was because of something that happened at this show. Uh, So this person contacted like three or four different people that I know with the same story of what I did to them at this show. And I'm going to share that story now. All right. Uh, So they claim that at this show, I yelled at them in front of the fans. Again, no spoiler, but there's a part in the match, the main event, uh, where there's a super close uh, near fall, right? It's not the finish of the match. Okay. Okay. The person running sound hits the music for the finish, right?
4: Mm.
0: It's not the finish. Uh, Bryce gets up in the ring, starts screaming two, two, two before the person realizes what happened. They're mortified. Uh, They get up to go get the belts off commentary and then claim that I start yelling at them in front of all the fans while the show is going on. Yes. (laughs) I then went backstage after the show. And tried to get this person banned from working shows, which caused a huge argument in the locker room. Um, And Kevin Steen stuck up for this guy. Kevin Steen, who, again, um, again, so we'll get into that. Um, Kevin Steen stuck up for him. um, But this person was trying to float this story around, trying to get me canceled for being a piece of shit. And most of the people know me, so they came to me and they're like, either I know you and this doesn't sound correct. Or um, I was at that show and I have no recollection of this happening. And somebody else was even like, I was sitting next to this person and I don't recall this happening. (laughs) But this person obviously does. Now, I will say this during the show. And when you watch it in a month, you'll see where commentary is and where the sound is. uh, They are on completely opposite ends of a basketball court. Okay.
1: well, you do cover ground pretty quickly. Everybody knows that about you.
0: Right, right. (laughs) Uh, So when it was brought up to me, I went and I pulled the show up and I watched the show back and I'm like, do I even have an interaction with this person? And then I pull it up and I see that it's on completely opposite ends of a basketball court. And the person does in fact screw up uh, the music cue, and you know it blows the finish of the match. Um, and on commentary, I say, um, you know, or whoever's doing, co- I, I say an overzealous person working working the music, right? Yeah. And uh, that's it. And then I continue watching to see because this person claims that they got up, and to walk across an entire basketball court to come over and get the belts off commentary. And it was at that point where I started yelling at them in front of the fans. So I'm watching this and it's Bryce who comes out and gets the belts. This this person never gets up to get the belts. And I'm like, okay. And I'm still watching, like while the celebration's going on, like you could see commentary in the background. You don't see this person get up. You don't see me get up. You don't see any interaction between this person and me or in front of the fans. And I do recall going backstage and Quack kind of pissed off that the the finish got blown because this person hit the music cue. And I said to Mike, and this is something that I've said to Mike before, uh, that when it comes to like very specific music cues like that, I go, I think we need to have someone either a little bit more on the ball doing it. Or that person needs to be cued in so they don't fuck things up.
1: Yeah, they need to not be treating this like it's a sporting event and be worked into it.
0: Yes. Um, You know, you don't hit the bell or you don't call for the music until the referee tells you to, you know, whatever. And Kevin Steen, who, again, I like Kevin Steen a lot, but this was his last appearance in Chikara. He was, and again, he has a very good match with Eddie on the show. Um, so, uh, I, I can't see Kevin Steen, who was essentially there to collect a paycheck and go home, um, to be like a guy to stick up for, you know, anyone or like care about this whole thing, you know? Yeah. But obviously this guy has it built up in his head so much that I did this, that he contacted like several people in like trying to get me canceled over this. So,
1: and like years and years later
0: well listen time constraints when it comes to you know whatever affronts or whatever it is you're talking to someone who holds grudges like a like they're a loved one you know (laughs) um but I, i i say this in that um if you're a listener of this podcast or you're a someone who is a listener of this podcast and they've told you uh what a piece of shit i am you know let's let's hash these things out you know i don't like to have these things uh hanging out there over my head, you know, um, my memory, what it used to be, I haven't taken many bumps to, uh, my entire (laughs) life. Um, but you know, if I, I, I slighted you in some way, let's, let's, uh, you know, you know, you want to do it publicly, we can do it publicly, you want to do it privately, however it is, you know, I don't like having these things out there over my head, you know?
1: Yeah. All right. And subscribe to the Patreon where you expose who that person is.
0: And again, it, it like it doesn't matter, like if I told you who it was, like and it's not my point to put this person's business out no, I got there you. to say who they are, whatever they are, but you know, I wouldn't even
1: know who it was anyway. Right. So it's somebody that's running the audio at a chikar show ten years ago, whatever right
0: nine years ago, whatever it was, right yeah All right. but well. they're and that's the thing they're doing fine, they're you know they have like a you know. Like, a, and, again, and again, I don't want to, you know, but like SoundCloud or like they're not like a nationally recorded, nationally publicized recording artist. But like in today's day and age, we're like, you can just have your shit on SoundCloud and make a very good living just doing that. That's what this person is doing currently.
1: Yeah. And, and you're on this podcast with me. So he won right. this one.
0: <laughs> right. I think we're we're everyone's doing better. But again, that kind of stands out. You know, you tell me. Um, if I've ever done anything to slight or untoward you and, you know, what have you, that's all. All right. Uh, so, uh, Hey, let's get into what we, uh, want to talk about from wrestling this week. Huh? Yeah. I'll tell you what, Joe, I, I was watching wrestling this week, obviously,
1: as I'm contractually obligated to do. And I was thinking to myself, for whatever reason, there's things this week that would have fit into likes and dislikes. Uh, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not opposed to us giving people a re-vote, uh, just because <laughs> I know there was a lot of controversy. For whatever reason, everybody who cares didn't listen to the episode where we put it up to a vote. So, Well, we
0: have- I, I I was told that we did it over a holiday week, like a, a two-week holiday oh. of Christmas and New Year's. Because those so, podcasts we'll,
1: we'll just aren't available. Just, yep. you, know? you have to listen to those podcasts live, otherwise they just float away. <laughs> you know? But uh, maybe we'll do a a revote in the future. But anyways, I just wanted to bring that up. I do have a couple talking points. I'm going to start things off with all of the hype surrounding Mr. Tony Khan's announcement uh, regarding AEW Dynamite last night. Uh, I took it, when I read the words announcement, and I'm pretty sure that that's how the tweet was framed. uh, I thought that there would be more than a couple debuts. So a little underwhelmed by the fact that it was just some people showing up. And obviously the first one was Switchblade. I don't care about no Switchblade. Uh, I stopped watching New Japan when all the Bullet Boys formed AEW. So uh don't care about Switchblade. Maybe that's cool. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I did pop for Keith Lee. Um, the, when his music hit, he got the Orange Cassidy pop, you know, which was pretty sweet. He then wrestled Isaiah Cassidy, and it was like a competitive two segment match that should have been a squash uh, the parts where they made Keith Lee look like a monster. Like when he's flung Isaiah across the ring was awesome. The time when he caught the guys that were diving out, both members of private party, that was awesome, but you didn't need like a 15 minute long competitive match. And I get it. The match probably wasn't that long, but it felt like it. So I, again, I like the fact that he showed up uh, good for him to not have to be Bearcat anymore. But uh, I have mixed feelings about Dynamite overall. Like I said, I expected more, having the hype of an announcement, and then we had what we got, and hopefully you know, Keith Lee doesn't end up on dark in like a week. Uh, and other than that, I very much enjoyed, I don't know if you follow Cringe Wrestling Takes on Twitter, just them exposing all of the Dota B stands They were talking about how Keith Lee was like the second coming of Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns, like six months ago and then they're all laughing at aew for signing an nxt reject very good reading go look for that twitter account but that's my take right there on aew
0: um i will say this i do have most of those like uh the 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 cringe account that you're talking about like all the uh, i know he does screenshots of everyone yeah but most of those everyone that he does um, I'll, I already have them like muted or blocked or muted just because like, I'm like, I don't need this like toxic, toxic nonsense on my timeline. You know, I just,
1: you yeah. know, don't need
0: it. Right. <laughs> I
1: used to like, and this is going off on a tangent, uh, back, you know, when, uh, Trump was allowed on Twitter, I didn't want to follow Trump cause I didn't want to inflate his Twitter followers, but I wanted to see the stuff that he was tweeting. You know, just because it was newsworthy, sure. so I would follow this other account that just basically uh, didn't retweet his stuff, but just cut and pasted it. Right, uh, and then like you said, I after a certain point, I was like, oh, why am I just reading this? It hurts my brain. I'm I'm gonna stop. But I can see where the the not following the cringe account would be beneficial for your health.
0: But I will say this: there was one um, one of the bigger uh, AEW troll accounts. Is this guy like WWE, AEW junkie? His picture is like this bloated picture of Chris Jericho.
1: Okay, well, so um, a picture of Chris Jericho.
0: Well, <laughs> you, you, again, more bloated, more bloated than the current version, right. where he had to issue an apology today for his multiple super racist tweets about Keith Lee. Ugh. Um. So I'm just like, yeah. I go, you know what? I'm good. To not like live in that world, right? Yeah. 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 So I'm gonna give you a dissenting opinion. I really like Dynamite this week. Um, you know, I'm I'm already in a world where I'm underwhelmed by Tony Khan's announcements. Um, <laughs> uh, when he says when he says on a Thursday, night, Friday morning that I'm gonna have a big announcement on R- Rampage, and the big announcement on Rampage is that I'm gonna have a bigger announcement on Dynamite on Wednesday. And I'm like, okay, it's Tony, you know, whatever. We'll see like like the only thing that's going to make me care is if like in between that Friday and Wednesday, he gives me a call, which ain't happening. <laughs> um, and again, Jay White is for the people that like Jay White, you know, um, him saying on TV that says once your bullet club, your bullet club for life gives me hope. That means we'll see double J and AEW because <laughs> he's the he was uh, in uh, the bullet club the last time the bullet club was cool. Um, I loved the Keith Lee stuff. Um, Keith Lee was presented as a star. And I think we talked about this here like a week or two ago that any time that AEW has, at least on TV, um, like a higher end guy versus a lower end guy match, it's it should be a squash, but it never is a squash. Um, Punk versus QT Marshall. Um, Wardlow this week versus The Blade. Um, who the fuck took on, oh, who oh, was it oh, like a week ago when Lance Archer took on Frankie Kazarian, it went like through two commercial breaks, you know? <laughs> yeah. On paper, all of those matches should technically be squashes, but like, that's just the, like we've, we're, we have to be reacclimated to the way that wrestling can be again to have competitive matches of against like higher end guys against lower end name guys. So I'm okay with this. Um, you know, obviously there's the bigger thing that looks like it's going to happen, that we're going to get private party versus the Hardy boys at some point on AEW. And that was kind of built up here. Um, Keith Lee worked a little bit more strong, big power man and looked great doing it as opposed to big giant man who can also do flippy floppy fly stuff. Um, and again, private or public, you know, it's none of my business. And everyone was remarking about, The physical state that he was in. He should have been in better shape being on TV after being off for 90 days. He looked like Keith Lee. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, he didn't look any different to me. Like, I thought he looked great, you know?
0: He came out. He got a superstar reaction. And you mentioned him being on, like, oh, I hope he doesn't get relegated to Dark. Dude, I would love to see Keith Lee on Dark. Imagine, like, Keith Lee versus, like, any of, like, that Dark crew. Give me Keith Lee versus Powerhouse Hobbs on Dark. You know what I mean? Like, that's a match that should be on TV. Ain't going to be on TV, but I want to see it. So if it's going to be on dark, I'll watch that, you know?
1: Yeah, I think it's just the old in me that anything that's on YouTube is lesser.
0: The only person on the AEW roster currently who has not wrestled a match on dark is Punk. The only one. Even, like, way, way, way back in the day, MJF probably had a match on Dark in the early days of Dark.
1: Well, MJF has, like, 12 matches total in eight. Right. So maybe he hasn't, but...
0: But, like, Adam Cole's wrestled on Dark, Danielson's wrestled on Dark, Kingston's wrestled on Dark. Like, all of these guys have wrestled on Dark. It's just another place to have matches, guys that need to build up their wins so that they can contend for a title. That's what Dark is for, right? Yeah. And I thought the main event was awesome. Like, Adam Page and Lance Archer decided, like, we're going to kill each other. And (laughs) we're going to do two five-alarm blade jobs. We're going to decide to die in this match. Like, that one bump that Hangman takes out of the ring, like, in between the steps and the post.
1: Yeah, like, Archer does, like, the the flippy doo razor's
0: edge thing. You know? <laughs> oh my God. That was like one of the scariest things I've ever seen in my life.
1: Like it looked like I'm like, okay, he hit that, you know, straight on. And the, the steps have a little bit of give. So I'm like, okay. But then he kind of like slides off to the side and starts clutching his hand. And immediately I'm thinking of like, what happened with the revival with hair guy when he went into the turnbuckle and he caught like a hook. You know, I'm like, was there a hook on the side that his hand caught? And I'm like, I was very terrified of that. I have no problem with the main event. Main event was awesome. I was yeah. mostly criticizing the announcement, you know, angle. Sure. Um, I, I love death matches. I'm a death match ghoul, especially if they happen in New Jersey. Everybody knows that.
0: Right. <laughs> and I thought the Punk and Moxley thing against uh, the revival was a really good match, you know? And. They do the gimmick where it's like, oh, Punk's going to need a mystery partner. And everyone's like speculating of who it's going to be. And even I threw out the joke that it was going to be Danhausen, you know? Yeah. Um, And I think like every idea that everyone threw out there, like Mox is like one of their top five stars, you know? Yeah. So to have him and Punk as a team against the Revival, I don't know. Like that's, and it was a really good match. So I thought Dynamite, like this was one of the better Dynamites in a long time.
1: I saw CM Punk tweeting out like after the announcement of the match, but before they actually had the match. He was like, Hey, Danhausen, you ready? So I'm like, okay, that automatically eliminates Danhausen from being the person. And then there was I I forget if it was like Eddie Kingston or something. It, he tweeted Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. I'm like, okay, well clearly that's not gonna be it. Because if it's gonna be a big surprise, you're not gonna go on Twitter and be like, Hey, you ready, Samoa Joe? Or Samoa Joe and Country? You know, like so that kind of ruined that, but I, I like Moxley. I wouldn't have minded Samoa Joe there. That would have been cool. Danhausen, yeah
0: <laughs> I think if it was a match of like like uh, revival's too high profile to like fuck around with Danhausen shenanigans. Yeah. If it yeah. was like somebody else and Sean Spears against Punk <laughs> and a mystery partner, please throw Danhausen in there. Yeah. I, I
1: you give uh Punk and Danhausen against two Sure, perfect.
0: Yeah, G- give that match twenty five minutes and I'm all there. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, and then take Punk out of there, put somebody else in place of him. Even better. I forget you're a big Phil from Chicago fan now, so I should... uh,
0: I'm a I, I'd call myself a well wisher, and then I wouldn't wish him any wish him any particular harm. <laughs>
1: coming around all right so we overlapped a lot on that Uh, i have something else but do you want to go no that's really all i got man it's been a lean week okay i i will just we'll make this nice and quick i teased this last week because this was recorded like i don't know two months ago and it was spoiled on me a long time ago but it finally aired last thursday when we were recording uh broski won the impact wrestling digital media championship which obviously is a made-up title uh i think that you know Broski's not one to to trot around a made-up title, so that does bring him down a little bit. But the reason why I'll mention this, and the reason why this is in my likes this week, Joe, is because he finally turned heel, and it was kind of weird seeing Broski be this hated, hated heel on the indies and AIW and GCW and be like this white meat, shining baby face in Impact. So I like the fact that there's some conformity to to my Broski now, but uh, that's all. I just wanted to bring that up.
0: Yeah, and I think what he technically has four belts now, the two AIW ones, uh, the digital media impact one, and what's the fourth one? If anyone would know it's oh, the internet title. Yeah, that. he
1: considers the internet, and I'm a little disappointed. I'd like to you know what? I might I have never submitted a question to ask Major Pod, but I might do it just for this. I wanna know why he's not acknowledging himself as the GCW Universal champion. He never lost that belt, and he's mm. still in GCW. I think that that's a that's a missed opportunity when he takes his Ultimo Dragon photo and he has all the belts like that's That's just another perfect belt to be in there. But, yeah, he does consider the Internet title as being the fourth one. And then on Saturday, he's going to win the NWA title. Is that show on Saturday or Sunday? What did I think it was on Sunday? It's on Saturday because that's why he's not
0: going to Toy Hio or one of the reasons. That's right. And, and listen, man, I'll say this. Like. You know, I joked around, and I say joked around, and said, like, fucking, like, why not put, like, if you're on the lower end of things, you know, like, why the hell not put, like, your title on Broski? Like, honest to God, in 2022, like, what does the titles really matter? And, like, if Broski can go around with your title and talk about it on his, you know, huge podcast and tweet things out to his, like, 1.3 million followers or whatever the hell it is. And then when he takes his other bookings, like, he's on GCW next week. And, like, you know, there's a person out there who argues that OVW is in, uh the, is the number three promotion of the United States because they have local access TV. <laughs> and uh, that person also thinks just because a match happens in the Tokyo Dome, it gets an extra three to four stars. But, like, NWA – like, Broski wins the NWA title this weekend – and then next weekend he wears that belt to GCW. Like more people are going to see the NWA title at a GCW show than they are going to watch it in an NWA show. Yeah, and I, I like,
1: and again I can't speak for why certain belts don't show up on other you know shows. Obviously. I know why the GCW world title didn't show up on Jerry, not TV. That much is obvious, but like, yeah, yeah. I, I like how the impact digital media title is on beyond, you know, that was cool. And like, I, I don't see any reason why the NWA Title you know, wouldn't show up in AIW when, you know, Brosky defends after he beats Wes Barkley, you know, like that kind of stuff.
0: Well, and that's, so that's the one thing, you know, obviously Wes Barkley is going to beat Brosky for the uh, absolute and intense titles on friday Unlike. and he's lucky it's only the digital media title and not like the t like the x division title or the tna legends title or the og <laughs> tna world title uh-huh. because uh i don't think he'd be leaving the building with those belts
1: oh yeah is there is there a huge <laughs> uh, impact fan there there's a, uh,
0: yes there's a there's a huge stiff uh tna fan there Whose dream in life is to have a monster's ball match with Abyss.
1: Oh, uh, Stiffy McGee type fella? Yes. All right. And first of all, did St- I'm getting completely off topic. Did Stiffy McGee cut his hair off? Yeah, he has like a short boy.
0: Yeah. What the fuck? Why did he do that? I don't know. I don't know. He's a kid. Why do kids do anything, you know?
1: As a man who doesn't have hair, when I see somebody squander something that beautiful, it fucking makes me mad. Like, not mad enough to tell him. that's crazy doc but when i i I saw that picture on twitter i'm like what
0: the hell (sighs) no he looks good it's a new look listen he could grow it back you know
1: yeah must be nice
0: (laughs) all right well
1: that's all i have for for talking points
0: all right good we uh have the talk about the uh homework i assigned from last week right yeah play the jingle
2: Homework. Homework. It's an obligation you owe your family and yourself. Home, home, Homework. Homework. It's an obligation you owe your
0: family and yourself. All right. So uh, I had assigned uh, to Adam and to all of you, the listeners, the 2012 Chikara Pay per view season finale, Under the Hood. It was a big, giant show. I uh, did not have you watch the entire thing, but I will say our good friend Kevin, who we'll probably hear from a little bit later on in the voicemail over on mastlibrary.com. whenever we do these homework things, he always sits right up in full on the show. Um, I may have watched an extra thing or two as I was watching the show, because sometimes those match listings on jerry's internet wrestling emporium aren't complete
3: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i did the same thing
1: um i was actually going to call you out on it and i'll get to it as we get to it chronologically but uh, i made it a point to not watch every match because you said skip 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 for a bunch of them but i watched like the introductions you know i like to just see who's fighting who and you know what they're wearing, that kind of stuff, and then see the finish. So uh, I did check out most of it, but we will start off. You did assign two event centers from YouTube uh, 1122 and 1129 of 2012. Both of them hosted by Bryce Remsberg. The first one had a Tim Dance promo where he basically talks about Eddie Kingston being a bully and Eddie roughed him up when Donce was just a young boy and it kind of made Dance not want to be a wrestler. Um, and then we had a mysterious and handsome stranger promo where he was actually cutting a promo in a stable, talking about having a bucket of pig slop. Maybe that'll come up later on in the homework. And he knows a pig when he sees one. And uh, the, the promo ends with him petting a, not at all frightened by a yelling mysterious and handsome stranger, uh, a, a live actual horse. Um, so we got to see mysterious and handsome stranger in his natural habitat. So that was a, a cool first event center.
0: No. Right. I, yep. I, I listen, it was any time that there's a mysterious and handsome stranger or related promo that shows up on YouTube, I got to make sure that I bring it to your attention. I appreciate that.
1: All right. So for the second event center, we have Eddie Kingston, uh, basically retaliating promo wise against Dots. He talks about how he made Dots and he's going to destroy Dots. Um, and then we had an Ultramanus Black promo where he basically talks about Delirious and you know their match coming up that Joe didn't want me to watch because he doesn't like Ultramanus Black for some reason. Um, but uh, one thing that I, I this was probably there for a while, but I just noticed it and I'm going to ask you now: Why is Sean Mooney on the backdrop of the event center?
0: It's an Easter egg because uh, Sean Mooney was the host of the old World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, Event center where he would have all the monitors behind him, you know, do you remember those?
1: No, of course. I just didn't know if there was like a thing like Bob Saget where Sean Mooney had some kayfabe role in Chikara.
0: No, they just threw it in there as a goof. Okay.
1: All right. On to the show proper. As you said, this is the season 11 finale under the hood, December 4th, 2012. You told me to skip the opening match, which was fist versus 3.0. I did watch the 3.0 promo that opened it up. 3.0 3.0 wins and ends up with three perts. Uh, next up, you told me to skip Icarus versus Dasher Hatfield. Icarus didn't do any kind of crowd stuff. No pre-match crowd work. So uh, despite the fact that he won, he lost in my mind. And uh, this kind of followed that, uh, that Sugar Dunkerton angle where it's like Icarus is trying to turn Sugar Heel and Sugar's, like, reluctantly, accidentally doing heelish things. You know, he's trying to be a babyface. But uh, who knows that Sugar wouldn't turn heel until he tried charging people 20 bucks for a seminar years later. But (laughs) that's about it for that match. Um, The first one you told me to watch was the big tag team match of Jigsaw, the Shard, Soldier Ant, and Deviant versus Mike Quackenbush, Fire Ant, Green Ant, and Assailant. And this was a lot of storytelling. Like if you had given me this match without the context of the last couple episodes or months of homework or whatever, I would have been confused because I'm confused by ants to start with. But uh, like I I think I'm doing a better job of following it now. But the fact that all right, we have, you know, DV, I'm sorry, we have a sale ant is reluctantly on the good guy team but he's starting to become a good guy like he's trying to ingratiate himself with green ant and fire ant and then you have soldier ant is over on the heel side and like he just wants to be back with his buddies but he doesn't like the fact that a sail ant is kind of you know winning over the baby faces and then obviously you have the heat from uh uh jigsaw and mike quackenbush so there's a lot of moving pieces in here um you know, I won't break this down completely, but like, uh, I'm just kind of looking through my notes. You have points where soldier Ant, you know, as a heel on the heel team, like turns on his teammates and like joins in on like tandem or tandem, uh, baby face assaults. Like there's a big dive, whatever. Uh, but basically what I have here, jigsaw takes out Fire Ant at one point because fire ant has had a bad knee for a while, bad leg. And that causes the heels to focus on that for a while. Uh, Green Ant eventually gets the hot tag, encourages a salient to join in on the baby face moves. Uh, eventually Quack faces off against Jigsaw, but Quack doesn't want to hit Jigsaw, like, which doesn't make any sense to me because Quack has been a dick the last couple of months of these shows, like, like aggressively attacking people. But like, he's all of a sudden he's like, I don't want to hit Jigsaw. He had no problem, like. Fighting soldier ants, you know who is a baby face, but he doesn't want to attack Jigsaw. Um, Jigsaw himself is not hesitant though, and assailant ends up basically diving in front of Quack and saving him. Basically, there's a, a super kick attempt by one of the bad guys. I forget who it was. Assailant takes the bullet for him, and Shard hits Assailant with a double foot stomp. Deviant gets the pin for the Geckido. And uh, the match ends. Colony helps up assailant after the match. So a lot of stuff going on. It's a lot of, like, culmination and continuation of the storylines we've been seeing so far in Season 11.
0: Yeah, so I thought this was a hot, fun, action-packed match. Um, there was... Um, I I would always make it a point on commentary, especially for the iPay-per-views, to do, like, a lot more of the move names and stuff. Yeah to know the names of everyone's special moves. And if you watch the entire show, this was one of those shows where I went up to everyone and I'm like, hey, do you have a move you're going to do and the match and you're going to do it and it has a name? And they actually did and they told me and I said it on commentary.
1: (laughs) Nice. (sighs) All right. And so obviously, and I'm asking this, a lot of these storylines are going to be continued in season 12. Yes. Okay. Uh, I just didn't know like sometimes... I don't know no Chikara, you know. I didn't know if hey the season's over and we're starting with a shiny new number one next month, or if the continuity continues for a lot of stuff.
0: The, uh, again, these these the this show and Chikara has continuity that goes all the way back to like 2005 that they're playing off like on these shows, you know. So, gotcha.
1: All right, so next up we have the Young Lions Cup being defended by Mark Angelicetti, Mister Touchdown versus ACH. This is a rematch of the finals of the Young Lions Cup, which saw Mr. Touchdown win. Um, if Veronica Ticklefeather is Mark's cheerleader, why doesn't she dress like a cheerleader, Joe? Why is she still dressing like a, a band leader?
0: Well, um, I, that I can't explain. Um, <laughs> but if I was to guess... It was because, at least for this show, you know, she knew that she was going to win win Homecoming Queen, so she was wearing her Homecoming outfit. Yeah,
1: I mean, but even, like, previous shows, she still was dressing
0: like she was accompanying Archibald Peck to the ring, you know? Okay, Um, well, I I do know that there are and have been schools, high schools, colleges, etc., where, like, your drum majorettes and your flag people... And so on's in color guard and all these things are all con- included in with our idea of cheerleader, skirt, pom poms, the whole thing. So that that's how I'll explain my way around that.
1: Fair enough. All right. So commentary uh, makes it a point to say that uh, Mr. Touchdown is distracted by the fact that uh, Mysterious and Handsome Stranger might show up at any point. Uh, but. Mr. Touchdown is in control for most of the match. ACH briefly gets some offense in, but it's mostly uh, Mr. Touchdown grounding him. You know, like ACH will get some high flying moves in, but, you know, eventually the strength of Mr. Touchdown stops him. Um, So after a while being beat up, ACH does like a sleeper spot where, you know, like uh, his arm, like, oh, the ref's like, oh, lift your arm three times, whatever. Uh, and, like, after the third one, the Hogan, like, you know, no, 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 I'm not out. He immediately turns into, like, a house of fire at that point, hitting a and Rana and, like, an ace crusher. So I don't like when you are, like, almost dead from a sleeper and six seconds later you're, like, the most energetic person in the world.
0: But it is what it is. It's that it you're, you're feeding off the energy from the crowd because – they don't want to see you lose. They start cheering for you. You start getting hyped up, and that's how you break out of the sleeper hold, and now you have all that extra energy that the crowd has given to you, and that's why you're able to do all those moves. Oh, well, since you say it that way, it makes total sense. That's how uh, wrestling it, works. That's how, you know, the Hulk up, the, the 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 Chief J Strongbow dance, all of them. That's how they all worked. You're mentioned, those are two things from like the
1: 50s. Come on now. Uh, ACH hits Mr. Touchdown with like 34 arms, Uh, and at this point, uh, Leonard F. Carson says a line on commentary that I hope he says ironically, but if he said this, like in all earnestness, uh, this man does not know sports. He says, uh, it's the fourth quarter and he's all out of touchdowns, <laughs> which
0: is and, just. And <laughs> I correct myself. I, I, or they, or LFC corrects themselves as I'm may- I meant to say timeouts, you know, like it was in my head, you know, sometimes shit gets muddied up in there.
1: I'm just surprised you weren't like it's he's in the ninth inning and he needs to score a goal with the puck.
0: No. So I'll say this. So if this was a less serious match, that would have been intentional. Yeah. (laughs) It was a serious match. It was for a, a championship, you know.
1: Yeah, I will say, and I don't know if it was because of the specter of the mysterious and handsome stranger hopefully about to come out, uh, or if it was because this match I feel was like less 50-50 booked. Uh, I did prefer the Young Lions Cup final over this match, and I I can't quite put my finger on why. Maybe, like I said, it was the fact that, you know, the the finals was more of a showcase of both of them, and this was just, in my mind, we were waiting for what was going to happen with Mysterious and Handsome Stranger. So it just kind of took something away from it.
0: I think you make a good point. I like both those matches. I like this match. Um, I feel as though like we could have shaved a couple minutes off this one, whereas the previous one, I, I can't like, I can't say ah, that match was good, but we could have lost a few minutes. the The one from August that we watched was just great top to bottom. This one was good. Could have leaned it up. But like I said, because there was already the foregone conclusion that there's going to be a big angle that happens after the match.
1: Yeah. So going to the finish, Veronica throws in her baton. Uh, Mr. Touchdown goes to get the roll up uh, using the baton in his hand. Veronica grabs it for a little bit of leverage. uh, And Mr. Touchdown gets the win. ACH powders, you know, he's no longer needed for this. It is time to crown the Chikara homecoming king and queen. Obviously, Veronica Ticklefeather is the queen. And Mark Angelicetti assumes he's going to be the homecoming king, but Gavin announces that the fans have elected a completely different king, and out comes the mysterious and handsome stranger. Once again, he takes the badge off because you know the law is gonna have to take a back seat. and uh, Stranger kicks the shit out of Mr. Touchdown, chases him off. Finally, we have the stranger face to face with Veronica. Uh, they start playing like a bootleg copyright free version of earth angel, <laughs> you know, <from> back <laughs> to the future, uh, which I loved. And, uh, at this point, like sh- Veronica wants to unmask the stranger. Um, but you know, he's reluctant. He spins her around, tells her to cover her eyes and the stranger goes out of the ring and grabs the slot bucket that was introduced during the, uh, event center and covers her with it, then unmasks to reveal Joe. This was the this is a swerve, brother. Uh, this was Archibald Peck the entire time. What? I am blown away. Uh, we had chance from the crowd that might as well have been coming from my living room of we had no clue. We had no clue. Um you know, big, big reveal. Um again, it, it doesn't make any sense because. Archibald Peck was this down in his luck and can't get a win and kind of a pushover, but mysterious and handsome stranger is one of the biggest badasses of like that era of Jakar. Like if it wasn't for Eddie Kingston, people would be talking about like this being the time when he would have been the grand champion, you know, but uh, again, very much shocked. Wink is furious. He sends in Condor security. Now we've seen Condor security in the background a lot of times and every <laughs> once in a while, you know, they'll get involved in stuff. Uh, there's like a, a bald guy, you know, and he, he's pretty big, but there's this other dude. This dude is fucking massive. He's like a jack mountain of a man. Uh, I'd like to see more of him. He basically picks up the mysterious and handsome stranger and just tosses him like he's a, a, a box of tissues. It was pretty impressive. But uh, hopefully this is not the end. I, I want to see where this goes. I do not know what the next incarnation of archibald peck is going to be uh is he going to be more of his old self is he going to be kind of like a mixture of some of the personas he's had over the last year i'm excited to see what happens
0: uh yeah i was gonna say uh that one condo security guy got uh (laughs) archibald peck in a front chancery there to Kind of grab him, you know uh, And I don't think yeah, he really needed no to, Just because the size advantage that this person had on him But uh, that did tickle me a little bit
1: <laughs> Yeah, I mean oh, I, I, I could talk all day about that security guy That guy, that guy, not a single bump too Like if a wrestler was to get involved And get frisky with that security guy I do not think he would take a bump I would measure it if he did But I don't think he did <laughs> uh, Alright, anything else about that match? No, no, we're good. All right, I'm moving on. You wanted me to skip Sidney Bacabella, Joe. How dare you? Well, it, wasn't, f- on the
0: li- it wasn't on the match listing that's on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium.
1: This was a pleasant surprise. We have Sidney Bacabella come out talking about how he has it on good authority that Herb Abrams is bankrupting or bankrolling this show, probably bankrupting as well. Uh, he is taking this show hostage until uh, he gets what he wants and what he wants is to give some young upstarts in the back an opportunity. And those young upstarts are Los Ice Creams, which are obviously comprised of Steve Martin and Martin Short. And they will be facing Devastation Corporation, Blaster McMassive, Max Smashmouth, and someone else. Max Smashmouth, you said? Oh, Smashmaster. My bad, my bad. <laughs> so, uh, Max
0: the, is go gonna, ahead, go
1: ahead, go ahead. Max is going to kill me. All right. Uh, somebody you else. You is- to this show. Yeah, I know. Well, he heard somehow for the last time I called him Smash Mouth. I don't know. Uh, someone else is there as well, like a third member of Devastation Corporation. But like you see him briefly, like they obviously McMassive and Smashmaster are big dudes, So you don't really see the guy behind them. But like the camera never pans on him. Like, I don't know if he turned around and left and went right back behind the curtain. Um, so like, it was weird. It was alluded to on commentary that there was a third person, but we don't kind of see or is never explained. Um, so obviously they take Los Ice Creams to the thrill zone, get the quick squash. And, uh, now they have three points as well.
0: So that is, uh, Flex Rumble Crunch. Okay. Uh, obviously oh. they need a third going years King forward so that they have a third member for King of Trios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously me as the commentator, this is an impromptu match. I shouldn't know the name of this person who we're all seeing for the first time. Oh, sure. Um, I get that. Like, as a broadcast journalist, I had no time to do my (laughs) diligence to find out who this person was, so on and so forth. And, uh, you know, um... The ice creams got a little bit more in than I would have uh, liked them to. But again, it's a Lowe's Ice Creams match. And it has to minimally go 10 minutes.
1: <laughs> I didn't expect you to be like, oh, that's so-and-so making his debut. I just meant like uh, the, the camera doesn't make an effort to even see the guy. You know, and then we don't know is he even at ringside, does he turn but around? He's definitely know? on the stage when they come out, right? Yeah, that and then that's it, you know? So that's all. I, I'm just nitpicking. Uh, You told me to skip the next match of Delirious Ophidian and the Batiri versus Hollow Wicked, Ultramanus Black, Frightmare, Crossbones, and Blind Rage because you don't like Frightmare, Ultramanus Black, or Hollow Wicked, Uh, but I went ahead and just kind of fast-forwarded to the end. The Spectral Envoy gets the win. You also told me to skip uh, the tag team title match of the Bucks versus Sean Waltman and Marty Jannetty. And I thank you for that. I skipped the whole thing. And finally, we have the main event for the Grand Championship. Eddie Kingston defending against Timothy Dance. Uh We have a Jakob Hammermeyer promo uh, about how Donst is not there for Jakob. And uh I will say Kevin Hellions made a very good analogy where he compared this against something that's going on in modern wrestling and it's escaping me right now, but you can fill me in while I take a drink.
0: Uh, I'm looking at Kevin's thing here. Uh he mentions about like Wardlow and MJF.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking about how like Wardlow is just unappreciated and is just, you know, taking a lot of shit from MJF and you know the crowd kind of wants Ward to, 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 take a stand. And that's what I feel when I watch Jakob being basically abused by Donce, you know, in this match and beforehand and whatnot. Um, so again, they just beat the shit out of each other for like 30 minutes, you know, 25 minutes. And I'm here for it, you know, not a lot of like, Oh my God, you got to check out this spot, but it's just a lot of solid stiff wrestling. Uh, Jakob is always lurking in this match, causing distractions, I will say once again, we didn't get Jakob's theme music, so I'm a little sad. Even though it would have been out of place, uh, again I gotta get that on my ringtone. Uh, acc- Eddie accidentally clotheslines Bryce at one point, and we don't have a ref to do the count. You know, Jakob will not give Tim Donce his loaded bag. You know that Donz has been using for a while. Dance pushes around Jakob, uh, gets the gets basically two backfists from Eddie Kingston, and, and Eddie wins. Eddie retains. Um at that point, you know, Eddie's ready to to murder Jakob and just kind of to to dare Donce to come in and make the save. And obviously Dons doesn't give a shit. He powders. And in a cool thing, like Eddie Kingston just kind of shows mercy and lets lets Jakob Herrmeyer live, you know, lets him escape. So uh I did like that little touch there. Because it, it would have been perfectly fine and acceptable and within character for Eddie Kingston to just murder Jakob there. But the fact that he's like, oh, get the fuck out of here, you know, was kind of cool. Um, I like the match. Uh, I won't say, and I'll probably get shit for this. Like, it wasn't like, oh my god, this was must see. But like, I liked the match, and that's about it.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so you mentioned uh, Kevin's write up over on Mass Library, of course. Um, he he mentioned that he's um, you know, because the angle with. Donston Jakob is so strong he's like not able to focus on the match right yeah and i think that was a lot of like you know we mentioned it before with the ach mr touchdown match where it's like okay there's this looming angle here so it kind of distracts from the match a little bit um i feel as though we did our best on commentary to keep the focus on like all these different stories that are going on with all this yeah and how everything kind of intertwines with each other um And I know it's easy to point to like a current day storyline, of course, um, with uh, MJF and Wardlow. But all this Donst and Jakob stuff is supposed to be uh, Raven and Stevie Richards.
1: Oh, clearly. I mean, really any
0: alpha in his flunky, you know, (laughs) over the course of years, you know. Now, before I get into like this about this match, uh, I want to point out, I'm pretty sure Uh, That is Dan, who was called into the show before. I think his Twitter handle is still Human Garbage Dan. Had mentioned uh, recently on Twitter, like, watching this era of Chikara again. How, and knowing what we know about Chikara in general. How many storylines there are about, like, you know, manipulation and trust issues. And, (laughs) like friendships being you know kind of twisted and turned for one person's advantage over another yeah um you know obviously there's many more layers to each of them but the fact that there's like minimally four going on at once Yeah. and knowing <laughs> what we know about mike i don't know i'm just saying uh <laughs> He's so now
1: for help you know
0: yeah so now uh you mentioned about this match how this match was just there okay yeah, I mean, I don't want
1: to say it was just there, you know. I think that's diminishing it, but I mean, I, I, it's not like, oh my God,
0: look, seek this
1: match out. I didn't feel that.
0: Okay, so I want to say this. Okay, I want to, con- I wanted, to le- you know, I consider both of these guys, all three of the people in this match, Donst, Jakob, and Kingston. I consider all three of these guys my friends, right? Yeah. Um, even though Jakob is like on the list of like the most kayfabeinous motherfuckers in the world, him. <laughs> mantis and jerry are like the top three right (laughs) yeah not in that order but they're there right Uh um so donst was convinced he was winning the title this day this day right yeah no one ever told him he was winning the title um you know mike is very much one to keep like plans that you know people are directly involved with like close to his vest not tell anyone what they're building towards so they can't put stuff into their matches you know yeah
1: he he was he expecting like at some point in the match you know somebody would whisper into his ear that he was going to go over or something. yeah yeah
0: <laughs> so you know and it's and it's not even like a wwe thing where you have all these guys that say it's like oh vince came in and told me i was going to be the champion but it's more, more like the the reality of his is vince saying like you know, one day I could see you being the champion, you know, and they take that as like, oh, Vince said I was going to be the champion. Yeah. And no point did anyone in power, Mike Wackenbush, tell Donce that he was winning the belt this day. Donce got himself season. convinced he was winning it, right? Yeah. So when he gets to the building and he sees in the sheet that he's not, he throws a huge fit. He's just miserable bitching and complaining to anyone that would listen except for quack um where it gets to the point where him and eddie are going over the match and don's like while they're going over the match is like you know i really thought i was going to be winning the match I i really thought i was getting the title today and at one point eddie is like you know what fuck it i'll see you out there and just walks away and bryce is like hey man you did this to yourself good luck out there (laughs) and i'll say this again i like all these guys i consider them all my friends and this is a conversation that i have with many many other people i've never had to call a match with donst and that's all i could say about that um but the storyline does go further you know obviously eddie moves on to other things the Donst and Jakob thing kind of begins to percolate till it gets to about six months later, and sadly and unfortunately, we'll get there when we get there. But this match and the way that Donst handled everything regarding what he thought was going to happen and what actually happened was more or less like the beginning of the end for him and Shakar.
1: Huh.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's all. Okay. It's kind of a bummer because, like I said, Dons is a good guy. He was a guy that had like a ton of potential. And I think just sometimes guys just get in their own head in regards to whatever it is. Sometimes they believe their own hype. Sometimes they 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 put some sort of, like, thing out, projection in their head of what they think is going to happen without checking with the people in charge of what is planned or going to happen. Yeah. And then they end up disappointing themselves to no one else's fault but their own. Yeah. And
1: before we wrap things up, I do have a qu- follow just a follow up question related but unrelated. Does the Trocadero in Philly still exist? Yeah. Do the, Do
0: people still run shows there? Uh, I think they just do music shows. I don't think they do wrestling there no more.
1: OK, because I think this is the second show homework Chikara show you've given me. And it seems like a really cool venue to have wrestling in.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was it was a real it was a really cool venue. Um you know, the balcony and everything. You know, nobody did anything off the balcony on this one like we did on the previous one. Uh but just because it, I I'm assuming it was probably like a little bit cheaper to run than the arena, a little bit more intimate quote unquote of a venue that it made it look more packed with the number of people that we can get in there. Yeah. And uh, it was I... like right in the heart of the city. Like have you ever gone to um when Wizard would do um the Comic-Cons in Philly? Oh yeah. I uh met the doctor who there and and Karen Gillan. Didn't okay. wash my hand
1: for weeks, but yeah. I'm sorry <laughs> about that.
0: Uh so literally like if you and you know where um the t- Reading Terminal Market was in conjunction to the convention center vaguely. Like I know where the convention center is and some of the stuff around there. But do, like Reading Terminal Market is like where all the food places and stuff Where It's like you go inside and there's tons of food places there. Yeah. No, I,
1: I've been there. I just don't know like where like how far that is from the, oh. the convention center. But
0: Okay, so it's like it's like if you leave one of the exits of the convention center, it's like right caddy corner across from it, right? Okay. So if you left the caddy if you left the convention center like you were gonna go to the Reading Terminal Market, but instead of crossing the street, you just go left for four blocks, that's where the Trocadero was.
1: Okay. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So that area is not like uh, what am I trying to say? It, it's not like a residential area of Philly. You're going there for to do business. Yeah. You know? Okay.
0: But yeah, it's so a very high traffic area, lots of businesses and stuff that are there. Yep. So lots of eyeballs can get on, you know, Chikara stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think they should run wrestling again there. I think that'd be cool. I don't think Chikar is running anything these no, days. No, no, I don't mean. And just, if they are, they're doing it in super double secret probation.
1: <laughs> I mean in like the the royal they. I mean anybody, you know, they is in the wrestling
0: community. I'm already talking to Jerry about one thing. I'll mention that to him. All right, cool.
1: Um, all right, so it's time for me to assign my homework and as you alluded to last week, I think this is a good decision because I was going to watch it anyways, you were going to watch it anyways, and most of our Listeners, we're going to watch it anyways. So we are going to be watching tomorrow night, Friday, February 11th, AIW Presents. You know what? I'm not leaving on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. You can't attend live anymore because the tickets are all sold out. So you got to watch it on the network. And uh, I think the AIW podcast should give me a shout out for picking this homework. But uh, I'm looking forward to this stacked
0: show. I'll I'll tell I'll tell Thorn to give you a shout out as Artie Junior or something. <laughs> but again, you know your your allegiance to your allegiance to Artie is not going to put you into the good graces of John Thorne, Is all. No,
1: I know John wants to like block Artie on all of his socials. It was a big uh, to do, and he wanted people to sound off on it. And I think it's a terrible idea. Don't you dare be mean to my Artie. You know what that podcast needs, that AIW podcast needs? It needs more distracting, touching and moving of the microphones and less uh, shitting on Arthur MacArthur. All right. So well, nice,
0: <laughs> I, I know I know what that moving in the microphones is. It's the fact that Steve Guy doesn't have a mic stand for his microphone, uh-huh. as he mentioned on the podcast this week, it, like he was distracted while John was talking and decided to itch his beard with the same hand that the microphone <laughs> was in. Yeah. All right. Give me a but, fucking break.
1: I, I know, obviously, we talk about this when we do the Jerry plugs, but I don't know if you want to talk about the card here uh, for this AIW show. I'm sure you have it in front of you. We've talked I don't, about a couple,
0: but you could probably what? give me a, does Joe know the card unofficially, and I'm pretty sure I know the card.
1: Oh, well, you know what? Give me a second, because I have not been blocked by AIW on Instagram yet, so I will pull up the uh, the the match listing. All right, Joe, and I cannot confirm whether this is the full thing, but I'm going to see one, two, three, four, five, six, I see six, seven, eight matches, nine matches announced. Do you know the card for AIW? You know what? I'm not leaving. Is that a reference to something
0: that I don't know?
1: It is from Wolf of Wall Street, I believe.
0: I never saw that movie.
1: Yeah, it's, it's overrated. All right. But Margot Robbie's kind of
0: naked in it, so it's kind of good. Oh, okay. <laughs> so do you do you have a guess? Uh, I was gonna try to hit the music for it, but I wasn't ready. Oh, I didn't have it in the little soundboard thing. Okay, and you said seven matches? Nine matches. Nine matches. Okay. Um, we got, of course, uh, Broski uh, taking on Wes Barkley, Maserati West Barkley, married to the business, Mr. IWTV himself. <laughs> yeah. uh, he might not be taking the – belt. well, he's going to be taking the belts, but he'll also be taking Brosky's hair as well this weekend.
1: Well, only if Broski needs <laughs> Barkley to carry the belts back because Broski doesn't want to carry them home. That's the only way Barkley's touching those belts.
0: Sure. <laughs> uh, we have – uh, okay. So we have that, we have, uh, Josh Bishop taking on, uh, Brian Myers, which is going to be, uh, you know, that's the match I'm most looking forward to not any critique on anyone else, but that's the match I'm most looking forward to most excited for, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah. I, I'm, you know, it's, I have not seen Brian Myers compete against somebody like straight up that hasn't been a comedy match. Hasn't been, you know, you know, a major pod type stick match. I think this has potential to just show what Brian Myers can do. You know? Yeah.
0: I, I and again, say what you will, but I heard good things about the match that he had with um Big Cass on Impact that's airing as we record, and I'll probably go grab that and watch that when we're done recording. Okay. Um just to kind of get me hyped up for Brian versus Josh tomorrow. Uh, We have Jocelyn Navarro taking on Lufisto. Uh, I think the last time Lufisto was in AIW, it was in an impromptu match against John Thorne himself. (laughs) Uh, We have uh, PME defending the uh, AIW Tag Team titles against the main event, who won the title opportunity in a ladder match at the last show. Oh. There's that word. Uh, we've got the Bitcoin boys taking on Cheech and Colin. Yep. Uh, we've got um, bulking season taking on the production of Ziggy Haim and Derek director. This is true. Uh, we have uh, Casey Carring the, Carrington the third and Brian Carson taking on Dom Guarini and Filthy Tom Lawler. Um...
1: Yes, I'm sorry, I couldn't find that one there, but yeah. Okay,
0: uh, we have just added Riley Rose taking on um, Chase Oliver. Yep. And then there's a big four-man scramble killer match, which is Isaiah Bronner, Kaplan, Matt Justice, and PB Smooth.
1: Yep, and I think that's it. Yeah. You got them
0: all. Listen, I'm a I'm a company man. <laughs> but I can still be critical of the show, you know what I mean?
1: <clears throat> <laughs> <clears throat> and I'll tell um, you what, man, like myself and Chuck, we're taking down the production. This is going to be 2022's bulking season's year.
0: Uh, you know, I'll say this, I can't there's there's not a bad match on the show. Um, no. yeah. it, top to bottom. Listen, and again, I I say this, I, I you know, I'm a company man. Uh, John has done a great job of building a lot of these talents up, a lot of homegrown guys. Um, and you know, hopefully with broski and with Hawkins being on the show, at least for the live stream that helps bump some numbers up. Cause the only thing that's missing for AIW right now is just getting like that bump up in the audience. Yeah. You know, um, obviously GCW is doing their thing elsewhere, I would say that, you know, Deathmatch stuff, at the very least, Beyond stuff, is probably the most watched, regularly running promotion stuff on uh, Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. And, you know, AIW could and should be, and they're definitely trying, they're definitely putting on the good cards. Um, It's just they're missing that, like, word-of-mouth connection, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I kind of one thing that and I
1: will hold Broski to task on this, and I don't know what the etiquette is, but like i this guy's the absolute and intense champion, and i I really feel like he hasn't mentioned that since he won the belts and i I really wish for a guy who likes putting himself over and putting over all the belts he has, he hasn't done much to say that like i I wish there was more mention of those as much as there's been mentions of like the digital media championship and that kind of stuff, you
0: know. I think, and again, I can't fault Broski for that. He's a very much, like, in the moment, like, what have you done for me lately sort of guy, you know? Yeah. Where it's, like, whatever the thing that he just currently did is the thing that's in the front of his mind. And he hasn't been in AIW for, like, almost, like, a month or two, so it's very easy for him to forget. Yeah. And
1: even just... He calls it like I'm the world champion and the intense champion, like just stuff like that, you know?
0: Yeah. You do better. (laughs) Uh Uh, I got, I got a low bar when it comes to Broski (laughs) speaking or reading, you know, (laughs) that's not nice. Well, it's true. Yeah. Uh, So that'll be streaming live Friday night. uh, Jerry's internet wrestling emporium. And it'll probably go up on demand very shortly thereafter. Uh, the Midwest crew do a really good job at doing a turnaround on that sort of stuff. Uh, and if you're a new subscriber to uh, Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, a.k.a. Uh, Internet Re- IWTV, use the promo code at odds. Does not get you anything free, but it lets Jerry know that you came to him from us. You'll stick around. I know it. There's tons of stuff there. There's always new Stuff going up, and there's always new old stuff going up. No matter who you are, what you like in the world of professional wrestling, uh, it's all going to be there. Um, you could also go over to our Tee Public store, which is linked up in the show notes to every single one of these episodes. 35% off sale is going on until Saturday, where you can get any sort of at-odds-inspired designs on shirts and cell phone covers and notebooks and all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, you could also help us out by making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon affiliate link, also in the show notes to every single one of these episodes. Um, does not cost you anything extra. They take a couple pennies out of Jeff Bezos's pocket to give to us. They call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. Notable purchases through the, uh, Amazon click-through this week include, and I love when the description is like this, so I can include the entire thing, right? (laughs) Yeah. Kaka compatible with Pixel 6 Pro case. Google Pixel 6 Pro case, translucent matte PC with soft edges, shockproof protective phone case cover for Pixel 6 Pro 5G. And then in brackets, not for Pixel 6. (laughs)
1: that case is definitely not made in china. <laughs> oh
0: boy. We got and so that's the thing because there's a Pixel 6 and a Pixel 6 Pro, I'm sure they've had a lot of discrepancies and returns and things that say does not fit so they need to make sure that they put it in there not yeah. for Pixel 6 but for Pixel 6 Pro.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Good old Amazon listings, I love them
0: Yes, uh, and thank you to anyone and everyone For, um, you know, your purchases uh, This week, this month, or this Whenever the affiliate link Has been live and active
1: Yeah Alright, Joe, this is probably the part of the show Where I start doing plugs of other podcasts Yeah And as I had mentioned before Some people are on the chopping block all right? Uh-oh So I'm going to go ahead and mention on th- These other podcasts you should definitely listen to and those podcasts include Longbox Heroes, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Wrestling, Porch Talk, Hit My Music, Wrestling Cheers, Between the Sheets, IWTV Guide, Pod Van Dam, Hellions Talks, Viewer's Choice, and Being Dropped from Our Plugs is the House Show podcast. That's right. The House Show podcast will be dropped from our plugs, never to be mentioned again, just like the A Show. The A Show and the House Show, two podcasts that I will not mention ever again on this show. But uh, go listen to the rest of those shows.
0: You didn't mention uh, Longbox Heroes After Dark, you son of a bitch.
1: I mentioned Longbox Heroes. I never give After
0: Dark its own thing. You know what? Hold on. It it deserves its own separate plug. It's a separate show and a separate feed.
1: Hold on, After Dark. I am the quality control for Longbox Heroes After Dark, so I will put that in there. You know what? I'm trying to do a purge of my podcasts, and you have me adding one to my plugs here. All right. uh, All right. In the space that I saved by removing the A show and the house show, which will never be mentioned again on this podcast, I will mention Longbox Heroes After Dark in its stead. All
0: All right. right. Thank you.
1: Yes, and I will tell you this. Some of these people don't get their shit together. Somebody else is getting
0: cut next week. (laughs) I'm here for it. I'm excited. All right. All right. right, Let's get the phone calls, huh? Yeah. All right. First up, this call came in literally uh, seconds after we recorded last week's show.
5: Oh, okay. Outdated. Hey, Joe. Hey, Adam. It's Kevin Ford. I was listening to this day in wrestling history, and something kind of, jogged my memory about the date where you guys were talking about this day for February 3rd. So if the calendar is what it is, next year will be the 10-year anniversary of the original National Pro Wrestling Day event. And Chikara had subsequent National Pro Wrestling Day events that were more or less just Chikara shows, maybe with a special guest here and there. But that first one was this enormous two-show extravaganza where a bunch of different companies got to have matches to showcase themselves like you had bigger companies like ring of honor had a match evolve had a match ccw begrudgingly was given a match and then you had some smaller companies that were given a chance to uh potentially show a brand new audience what they're all about and i would like to think that if a show like that were to happen in 2022 especially given their proximity to philadelphia where the show took place that the lvac would have had an offer match on that show so if you were booking the LVAC offer match for National Pro Wrestling Day, what match would you put on and why? And I'll put a couple qualifiers on this. Uh, first, I will say that imagine the match itself is happening in the year 2022. So don't think like, okay, if we we're using LVAC talent as they were in 2013 or whenever another National Pro Wrestling Day took place. It would be happening in 2022. Um assume unfortunately that Avery Good is at his last match and is retired and is not coming back and I would try to stay within something realistic so a couple of people who have been on the LVAC shows before maybe not so much like an AEW talent or somebody who wouldn't be available for that reason uh, yeah just really interested to see if you were to send a match to best to represent the LVAC or turn people onto the company as a whole what match would you send and why Looking forward to hearing your answers, gentlemen. Take care.
0: Okay. This is why I need to screen calls ahead of time.
1: (laughs) So you can have an answer prepared?
0: I I kind of have an idea in my head.
1: All right. So I I, I have something that that popped into my head. Originally, I was going to obviously suggest something that had Avery good in there. But, you know, Kevin goes and shits on that and says, I can't do that because Avery will be retired by that point. And unfortunately, I probably won't have my mark picture either but uh what i would like since i got a tease of this from the uh the uh flying v fights i want a full-on monster heel boar match because i'm gonna book the boar and i want the boar to be in there with somebody like a goody two-shoes lvac some person and it can't be dan champion it can't be somebody that's like universally reviled i need somebody that like people like and i'm gonna go with like puff and I'm just going to have the boar destroy Puff. It'll be a competitive match, but, like, the boar will manhandle Puff. And that's that's uh, my offering for uh, LVAC.
0: Okay. So one of the things, if it's an LVAC offer match, it has to have Mantis in it, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. And Mantis don't work no singles matches no more. Mantis likes to hide in multi-person matches, right? <laughs> yeah. So we're going to do a five-on-five match where it's Mantis's team of himself, Hydra, Billy Avery, Willow Nightingale, and Ziggy Heim. Okay? Yeah. And they're going to take on the team of Big Dan, The Boar, Jeff Cannonball, uh, Rex Lawless, and let's throw a begrudging puff on that team.
1: Okay. So you have,
0: like, the five biggest, baddest dudes in LVAC taking on Mantis and a bunch of, you know, slighter folks. And, <laughs> and then, like, of course, like, we the got- babyface team rallies and comes back. And, like, maybe we do a deal where, like, all five members of the babyface team slam all five members of the heel team. Everyone does, like, a big whoa when it happens, and there's your finish. <laughs>
1: Sydney <laughs> Bacabella in the corner of the heels, obviously.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: All right. I like it too. I didn't know we can go fucking. We could just pick the entire LVAC roster for the match.
0: <laughs> well, if if you go and you look at the what call it the, the 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 National Pro Wrestling Day things, it was like let's like it was like ten. It was like tag matches, six man matches, you know, all this other crazy shit. And I was sadly looking around and. Like a lot of National Pro Wrestling Day stuff doesn't exist online because it was like a it was like a two, double show, right? Yeah. Um, like a lot of the quote unquote Shakara offer matches are out there, and I almost had you watch the Devastation Corporation match from that, but I don't know if I would even want to open that kettle of fish just yet. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if Adam's ready for Latvian proud oak. <laughs> I don't know. It. I don't think so. Maybe when he gets a little bit older, we could expose him to that. <laughs> uh, but the, uh, that weekend, that show was a very memorable show, as uh, Kevin alluded to. There was um, some uh, some issues with CZW. You know, obviously Quack did not get along with DJ Hyde, as many people do and do not. Um, and CZW was not included in this big production thing. And CZW both privately and publicly said hey, this charity event that we're not included in, we're just going to crash the event anyway. Hmm. So in hopes to appease that from happening, uh, Quack put like a CCW offer match on there with Matt Tremont and at least one other person who has been like super duper ultra mega canceled. <laughs> um, but this show also had like the, Idu- the ICW or the IWC, like that Pittsburgh promotion yeah. was like, John McChesney versus Logan Shulo. And you're going to say, I don't know who the fuck that is. Logan Shulo, who you would know better as Elias from the World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, I'd rather not know him better, but yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, This is also the show where myself and Ethan Page became friends. Aw. We bonded over... me knowing what the reference to one of his move names was and let's just say not family friendly but (laughs) as he's telling me the name and i'm like i know what that is and he's like yeah i go (laughs) yeah i can say nothing if you don't say nothing and nice that's how we became friends
1: you are to this day the unofficial third man of the year
0: (laughs) (laughs) no 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 i'm very far down on that list there's many many people above me uh i don't look good in fancy clothes or you know period um (laughs) Chris Dickinson also attempted to fight Adam Lash. And uh this was another um am I the asshole situation, but I cannot tell that story on the air. <laughs> but uh if you've been to Australia lately, maybe you know. If that's a hint, I don't know. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Okay, let's let's move on to the next call. All right.
2: Joe Adam. This is Corey. My name is Corey. I'm a, I'm a long-time listener, day one listener. It's my first time calling, ever. Uh, I just wanted to say uh, about the homework, Joe's homework this week. This whole storyline of Chikara was like what got me into Chikara, really into independent wrestling. It was a very exciting time. I loved it. I miss it a lot. Um, at the time that this whole thing was happening, there was a after the whole Sapphire incident, there was a contest that Jakara ran and uh, called Immortalized Sapphire. And I wrote a song about Sapphire with my band, Super Fun Yaya yeah, yeah, Rocket Ship, And it was called Sapphire Fly Higher. And they won the contest and the video played during the stream of the pay per view. It was very exciting. And I was honored to be, have like a little tiny part of this whole story. It was really cool. Um, later, I have a tiny story. Later, uh, we played the song. In Chicago, Bryce set it up, and uh, we played in the ring during some kind of intermission thing. It was the whole thing. But uh, Joe was taking care of the door, and my bandmate knew nothing about wrestling, didn't know what was going on. So Joe introduced himself as Joe. And so then later, when Joe was letting people in, uh, my bandmate had a question. So he went up to Joe and was like, Joe, Joe, what?" (laughs) and told him, my name is Leonard, because he was in full Shikarson mode at that point. And uh, my bandmate came back to me and was so confused. He was like, This man told me his name was Joe, and now he's telling me his name is Leonard. I don't know what's going on. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to share that story. As a person who didn't know about wrestling, he was extremely confused by this man with two names. Uh, I love the podcast, appreciate it. And uh, I'm a little late on this, but you guys actually keep likes and dislikes. <laughs>
0: That's awesome, Adam. I think we have to bring likes and dislikes back.
1: I think we need to put it to a vote again. I don't think we're just going to go and bring it back, but you know, I think we're hearing a lot of vocal like people that want it back. But there was a lot of people that wanted it gone. So, yes. how about this? Next week, we will do another poll. We're going to give a lot of people an announcement. We're going to I'll promote it this week, which okay. I'm doing right now. And then on next week's pod, we will promote it again. So you have two weeks or two episodes of notice. And then the day after next week's episode, I will put up a one week long poll where you can say if you want likes and dislikes back or if you like what we're currently doing. So nobody has an excuse. You know, it'll be we will be talking about it for two episodes and then we'll see what happens. Fair enough? Yes.
0: All right. uh, but just to address uh, Corey's story there, and Corey's a great dude. I, I've known Corey, you know, from the time that he mentioned there, uh, his band, uh, Super Fun, Rocket Ship, Yeah, Yeah. Uh, we did mention in on commentary that they did the immortal sa- Immortalized Sapphire song. But you, dear listener, might know Corey from his world-famous theme song that he did for the short-lived and very missed podcast, Hoops Chat. <laughs> um, but you know I Go ahead I was going to say like
1: I remember when Hoops Chat was a thing And I had no idea what it was I was like why is Joe constantly promoting A basketball <laughs> podcast <laughs> And uh, obviously I did not know uh, Who the person that was On that podcast was until... Wacky Bob Yes I didn't know mu- anything about <laughs> Wacky Bob Until much 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 later And I feel like that's once again something that I missed You know in its prime You yep. know
0: Yes, um, but I always felt weird, like introducing myself as Leonard, like what, like always one of those guys, like yeah, man, I just call myself my working name to everyone, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, it just it not in my nature, and like that is totally on me. I should have said like, oh hey, you know. But then like you get into a whole thing. It's like, well, my name is Joe, but everyone once the doors open, my name is now Leonard, you know? Yeah.
1: It's tough because. If- you know, obviously, again, I'm just speculating, but like, you're not the type of person that has a big head. Well, I mean, you have a big head, but that's God given, uh, you know, you're not going to be like, Oh, uh, you know, I'm a big timer, but at the same time, Chikara is very kayfabe, you know, and like, don't you dare break kayfabe, you know, so I can understand the conflict there.
0: Right. So I, I, Corey apologized to your bandmate here some nine years later. Uh, that's, that's on me. Now, before
1: you play the next thing, let me ask this. And again, thank you for calling, Corey. And I did hear commentary talk about the contest and the song. Uh, where can I see this video slash hear this song?
0: I have no clue. All
1: right. Well, Corey, DM me on Twitter. Uh, let me know. Or just link it, you know, tweet it out and, and, and you know, mention the show in the tweet. And uh, I will share it. I'm sure it's got to be out there somewhere. I'd like Absolutely. To yep.
0: Cool. All right. Next call.
4: Hey guys, Kevin here. Uh, thankfully, one of you posted, uh, asking a question for this week, a controversial or a, a hill that we'd be willing to die on for wrestling. Well, as someone with many controversial and thirsty opinions, as what, what was it you guys called, uh, my former show there, the horniest podcast in wrestling? Um, so I have a thought here and a theory, and I've said this before to people, but I want your guys' opinion on it. So there are three fandoms that are have one segment that are in on the joke, and they get it, and they enjoy it for the performance that it is. And then there's another segment fandom that takes it way too seriously, thinks it's all real, think that they can do it themselves and ruin it for the rest of us that are in on the joke. Those three fandoms are pro-wrestling, heavy metal, and pornography. <laughs> I'll be curious your thoughts on this one. Talk to you guys later.
1: Bye. Uh, <laughs> where? What was the question?
0: <laughs> uh, I, I think he was uh, saying that the types of fan bases that pornography, heavy metal, and pro-wrestling um, pull in... Have very similar mindsets that maybe they think that like they're e- they're either in on the act, okay. quote unquote, or they think what they're watching is like a shoot, or <laughs> that they think they could do it themselves.
1: <laughs> okay, I guess you, you that's a wide net, and I, I get that. And uh, all right, and uh, all three things I failed
0: miserably at. <laughs> So <laughs> so it, it just in the three that he gave because yes. I really think that all fandoms are like this. Yeah, no. You know obviously. because like let's say like stand-up comedians, you know? Um there are people that treat stand-up comedians as like these role models and gods and people that you should look up to where they're really just like people who tell like dick and fart jokes. Mm-hmm. And then there's people that think that they could do it, you know? Yeah. Um, I never thought that I could play an instrument Or sing ever in my life But I like, you know I, I like the rock and the roll music You know
1: Yeah.
0: Um. You know, I was a, a lifelong Wrestling fan And nev- if I knew what I knew In 2004, 2005, and 1995 um, You know, I would have known How easy it is to get into the world Of professional wrestling If you're willing to do a lot of work For little to no money, you're in <laughs> Um, but I think when it comes to the pornography, and again, there's not the Grease cast, right? <laughs> and we're not going to pretend, uh, that, you know, men of a certain age, and again, I'm not speaking for Adam, but again, I mentioned before when myself <laughs> and Ethan Page became friends, is because he had a move that was called the Eve Lawrence elbow, and I knew who that was.
4: <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um
1: oh boy and again i thanks for I, derailing the show kevin hellions
0: from from the very <laughs> first time that i saw pornography uh-huh. a, and i'll say the first pornography that i saw starred peter north <laughs> i kind of had a feeling that what i was seeing was an alt like an altered uh an altered um reality of what <laughs> you know, pornography and actual sex might be.
1: (laughs) You were watching it like, that's a work.
0: (laughs) I'm like, well, again, I had friends of mine that were like, maybe like a year younger than me. And like, we were all very young ourselves. I think I was maybe like 13 or 14 the first time I saw a pornography film. (laughs) And uh, I had a friend or two that was like maybe younger and they did not understand what was going on. And I maybe had an idea of what was going on and, I know it typically didn't look like the way it looked on those films, um. so I kind of knew that there was maybe, like, um, you know, an, 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 an enhancement going on there. Maybe, uh, you know, a heightened sense to put on a little bit more of a show, you know?
1: Yeah, so, like, maybe all three of those things, wrestling, rock and roll, and uh, pornography, there might have been a little bit of Spectrox in all of them.
0: Sure, sure, <laughs> or just, you know, maybe it looks good on camera, but it doesn't look good in real life um and bring it on to, the around to comedy <laughs> to paraphrase one of my favorite comedians robert schimmel rest in peace um more often than not when something like that would happen in real life versus when it happens in porno the response would be no don't wipe it off get it off so <sighs> they're called stag films by the way but anyways <laughs> are you ready for the pink button call
1: I've been ready for the pink button call for the last two minutes.
0: <laughs> hey, uh, Joe and Adam.
3: This is my for real call. <laughs> um, so Keith Lee and AEW, right? Me. Uh, AEW, I feel like, kind of has like a like a 96, 97 WWF5 right now to where they're like, they're the smaller company, but they got momentum because the bigger company makes no fucking sense with their booking and uh, does things to alienate their fans, and it's, like, really stale. And then, like, their cast-offs are going to another place where that crowd views them as stars. So it's like a... It's like how WWE when they got, like, Texas Jack and Austin and Dustin Rhodes and, like, turned them into stars. I dig that. And they have, like, a young blue-chip prospect that's going to be a future huge star in the business whose dad was a former wrestler. Like, the hook, hook is the rock, pretty much. <laughs> uh, but better, probably. Oh guys, so are we all gonna go to uh, Pro Wrestling Vibe and see Candy Lee and Kid Bandit and I guess also the Boar? I guess also the Boar will be there. Uh, are we gonna are we gonna do this? Because I believe uh, I am making the trip out. I don't have to plan this trip. A uh, real adult is going to. So this one this one will probably happen. I'm pretty excited. Uh, and also like you have Candy Lee and Kid Bandit out there, so like. They're pretty photogenic, so if anybody wanted do headshots that are, like, less cringe and less annoying to look at, uh, if they wanted to do that, you have two very photogenic people there that could help you make less cringey, uh, less annoying uh, uh, headshots for, like, promo uh, pics, you know? Just a thought. Okay, bye! <laughs> I can't uh,
0: imagine who Ed is talking about when he talks about someone who could be booked on that show with cringy headshots. See, I don't know anything about this, so we'll,
1: we'll talk off mic. Yeah, make a note for yourself. All right, hold on. Let's see. Cringy <laughs> headshots. All right, so uh, as far as the invitation to to show up to this thing, I don't know. Ed, Ed, DM me some information about this, Ed. Uh, like is there alcohol am i allowed to drink the alcohol that kind of stuff those are the relevant questions that i'm interested
0: in and let me know so it is a two-day um you know lbgtq plus themed event uh for professional wrestling they're bringing in lots of names um for both days the show is happening in june so it's still about four months away yeah um just to give you an idea when ed asked uh does the ask the organizers of the event uh do they know what day or days uh candy lee or kid bandit are going to be on their response was we don't know <laughs> um i will say this um uh if this show still happens i will definitely try my best to go to at least one of the two days
1: uh-huh.
0: um, obviously i'm gonna lean more toward the day that the boar is going to be there Sure, of course. And uh, I do have it on good authority that the boar might be debuting some uh, new, maybe size two small white tights for this event. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get those gimmick sales up, brother. Oh, <laughs> my heart.
3: <laughs> can't take that.
0: All right. But no, as long as I don't think it's going to conflict with anything else that I might be real busy with that happens like two weeks prior, um, <laughs> I can see myself definitely being at that show. As a fan, I'm not trying to look to get booked or anything like that. Listen, believe me, I'm, I'm good to be incognito and not have any responsibility to show, you know? Yeah, having no responsibility is my favorite thing ever.
1: Absolutely. All right. Joe, hit my jingle. cost a little. Some might cost a lot but I'm the hundred dollar vanski and your figures will be bought <laughs> money, 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 money. All right Joe, here's the thing. I recognize the fact that I promised that this was 2022 is going to be the year of financial responsibility, but sometimes things just come up and you have to, you have to act on it, Joe. You have to purchase while, while the opportunity is there, you know what I'm saying? So a lot of the things that I bought this week, you know, I, I had to jump on because I was worried that, you know, if I didn't, you know, the, the window would close if that makes sense. So I just want to enter things with that caveat. Make sense? Yes. All right. And then uh, I, I might have a little bit of a of a rant towards the end, but uh, I just want to start things off real quick with, I, I made some purchases of some Star Wars figures, uh, because unlike somebody I know, when uh, a, a character that I know and love gets a new figure, uh, I don't cheap out and, uh, and balk away from it. I, I make that purchase. So uh, I purchased Star Wars Black Series, a Cad Bane figure, which is a character I didn't know I needed until he popped up on or Obi-Wan on Boba Fett last week and then reappeared this week. So I picked that figure up and uh, may or may not have also helped Todd, your other co-host, uh, locate that figure. And he bought one as well. And I also purchased another Star Wars Black Series Mandalorian figure. Now, this is... I've said before that my rule is I will buy any black series Mando figure, uh, and sometimes I'll buy vintage series, but I have to have every black series. Now, this was a Target exclusive Arvala Mandalorian, and Arvala, I guess, was the planet from the first season where Mando gets hired by the Jawas to go take out the big rhino thing, if you remember that episode. I do. Yeah. And at the end of the episode, like he takes out the Jawa, I'm sorry, he takes out the, the Rhino he's covered in mud. So this figure is Mando basically covered in mud and it's a target exclusive. They put them up on targets website, like practically two at a time, like they were never, ever in stock. So what you would do is on targets website, you can click the little notify me when it's in stock button. And you would get a notification on your phone saying, hey, the item that you want is in stock. I'd really quickly go to the target website or target app and it would be gone. Or it would let me add it to my cart. And then by the time I check out, it would be gone because I guess they're just here's 10 of them. Here's five of them, whatever. And fast forward, Joe, I was doing this where I was getting the notification probably about five times a day for about a week and a half. And I was never fast enough where it would be like, okay, what is slowing me down? All right, I'm trying to use PayPal and PayPal requires me to log in. So no, let me go ahead and put my credit card on file with Target so I can do that oh, well, now the Target app is asking for my fingerprint scanner. I was like, no, let's remove all the security. Like, I'm trying to trim off time like I'm doing Olympic trials. Like, at one point, I got so far as that it let me almost check out, but then it asked me for the last three digits on my credit card, like on the back. I'm like, ah, I don't know that. And I went and run to my wallet, didn't get it. So after, like, a week and multiple tries, I managed to get one to go through. And the best thing about that is I have a feeling of accomplishment and i can add that to my collection and it won't just sit out there floating unpurchased like somebody's bib fortuna in a job of the hut uh throne room
0: am i supposed to acknowledge you saying these things about that i don't know like you could just completely
1: ignore the fact that there is a bib fortuna in a job of the hut throne room that uh you don't want to buy because you're not a bib fortuna fan but that's fine
0: well Let's let's save that for the end. Uh, before you get into your real rant, and we actually talk about actual purchases, right? All right. Well, that was an actual purchase: two Black Series figures. Well, no, no, I mean the 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 Bib Fortuna set that they announced this week. Okay. Uh, I I pre-ordered uh the uh, Star Wars Black Series figure of uh Werner Herzog. I don't know what the hell the character's name was when he was on Mandalorian. He was just a goddamn Werner Herzog action figure. (laughs) He's known as the client, the client, whatever. Right. It's Werner Herzog, right? (laughs) One of the most whacked out crazy directors in all of Hollywood. He was in Star Wars, which in and of itself is like mind blown. But now, of course, they're making a black series figure of him, and like, I, I want this figure to be the most ordered star Wars figure in the history of the world, just because it's such a weird thing. Right. Yeah.
1: And it's funny. Cause like when you, we had talked about this, uh, a Werner Herzog figure like months ago, yeah. how you want it. And I said, Hey, they announced that it was coming up. Uh, and I actually did clock at the importer exporter business. I could still order the, the Werner Herzog Funko pop. I was going to grab you one of those, but I'm glad that this is out to right. kind of satisfy that need.
0: And I'll so I did my pre-order through Hasbro pulse. Okay. Um, I know it's like, you're not getting the free shipping or whatever it is like that from, uh, Amazon, but I had good luck when I got the Bib Fortuna black yeah. series through Hasbro pulse. Um, so, I, you know, I'm like, all right, I'll get it directly from the thing. It came in good condition. You know, you hear stories and you see things about, like, s- stuff getting shipped from Amazon where it's janky in the box or they tell you it's shipped and they just keep delaying the shipping on stuff. And yeah. I just don't want to roll those dice. I figure from ordering it directly from Hasbro, I should be okay.
1: No, understandable. There was... Something on Hasbro Pulse last week that I I saw it was available. And I don't remember what it was. It might have been a Star Wars figure or something. And I, I hemmed and hawed and I shopped around. And I couldn't find it elsewhere. Then I went back to Hasbro Pulse and it was sold out. So I was mad at myself. Gotcha. All right. Uh, Joe, I made some card purchases this week. Okay. Uh, and uh, they were all wrestling related. Relatively affordable stuff. Uh, they were in the major... Facebook group in the like the card thing that they have, like a card flea market on Tuesdays or whatever. Um, I purchased a 2021 tops dual autographed Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor card with a piece of ring canvas and limited to 25 copies. So a uh, cool Balor and Gargano dual autograph card. And that was pretty, pretty cheap. So I'm happy about that. And I, there was also a guy, and let me just rewind this real quick. Uh, obviously, before she became the face of women's wrestling. The face? Uh, the face, yes. Tay Conte obviously was in NXT, and uh, as the WWE does with many people, that she was completely misused or not used at all. But she did have several rookie cards in 2018 and 2019. I already had one of the three that she has, the autographed. Uh, and I always said, oh, you know what? I just want the one, you know, I picked out the one I liked the most and I was happy with it. Uh, and I probably bought that a year ago and paid like five dollars or whatever. So it was nothing. And then obviously fast forward now, <clears throat> excuse me, she's one of the biggest stars in all of, uh, wrestling. I was about to say women's wrestling, but wrestling and all of her autograph rookies have gone through the roof. Uh, and I was just like, fuck it. I missed the boat. I should have bought these all when they were like five, ten bucks. But somebody in the flea market had the two that I was missing, a 2018 Topps NXT limited to 75 and a 2019 Topps NXT limited to 99. And individually, they were both pretty good prices. Uh, Maybe I'd say about 60% of what they are on eBay. Uh, And then I was like, all right, what are we going to do for if I was to buy both of them? And he gave me an even better deal and uh, I was happy with it. So I now own... All three autographed Tecanti rookie cards. And uh, the grease shelf might have to be two shelves because I'm running out of space. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> so I got another purchase. Okay. Uh, it's not a purchase that I made this month or this week, but I could talk about it now because it finally came in. Oh, and it I know. finally is. got into the hands of the people that it belongs to. Right. Yep. So about three months ago, um, and again, I am not a maniac who buys anything that Broski puts his um, his seal of approval on, if you will. Oh. Uh, but the company Tapes from the Crypt, they do hot sauces and stuff. Yep. And they did a Broski heat magnet hot sauce. And I'm yep. like, I don't give a shit about this. What the fuck? But then I thought to myself, like, wait a minute. I know a bunch of people that do a show where they watch a TV show and they eat different hot sauce on Hot Wings every week. And Uh I know at least three of them are wrestling fans, and I know at least half of one is a Broski fan. (laughs) So I'm going to order this for them, and, you know, hopefully it'll come in time for Christmas. And uh, it'll be a nice Christmas gift to give to them, you know? Yep, yep. Suffice to say, it did not come in for Christmas. It came in just this past Monday as we're recording. Uh, So I was able to get it up to Brett, one half of We Need Wrestling, one quarter of Wings on Wings. And I think they're going up uh, not this Saturday, but next Saturday to record uh, the next bulk of episodes uh, for Wings on Wings. And they are a very discerning taste. Uh, having been, you know, they're up to season four of Wings at this point. Yeah. And uh, I'll just be interested to hear them talk about the Broski branded hot sauce. <laughs> and when they tweet out the link for their show, you know, you tag Broski in it. And maybe he gives you a retweet. Oh. Maybe he gives you woo-woo-woo, whatever he does, you know.
1: <laughs> whatever he does, sure. I don't know. What
0: does Broski do?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to to hearing... uh dj pretend to not love broski and you know <laughs> give give all this negative praise there are negative comments towards that that hot sauce but all right cool yeah you told me about this when you ordered that like as you said well before christmas and yeah <laughs> it's it's been a matter of waiting for that to come in so that's awesome
0: right and that's the thing it's like i didn't want to talk about it on the show because i yeah, didn't want yeah. to spoil the surprise for them but it's in their hands so it's out of my hands. You know, absolutely all right, so
1: I do have one other purchase, and then okay. i want to get into a little bit of a, just a mini rant. Um, I'm sure you listened to my award-eligible appearance on Wrestling Cheers. And I did. anybody who's listening to this podcast, I want you to, uh, after I'm done with this sentence, you're going to pause this podcast, and then go and just just download that episode of Wrestling Cheers at this point. You don't have to listen. It's been a couple weeks, but download it. I just want to get those numbers up, uh, and then you could come back to this podcast, but... On that podcast, I had mentioned that I was searching for a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Soundwave figure where he transforms into not a cassette deck, but transforms into like an iPad. And I had said that, you know, spoiler, this is going to be in the weekly purchases of Ad Odds in the future. And here's the thing, Joe. As of about an hour before we recorded this podcast tonight, I got an eBay alert. And if you remember, I said on Wrestling Cheers that first there was a Chinese uh, version of this that was made to promote a Chinese tablet company. And then, like, almost a year later, there was a U.S. version that was given away at or sold at San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, but I got an alert for the San Diego Comic-Con version, which is obviously the cheaper one. But the the picture that was provided in the listing with, like... 10 different angles and all these different like close-ups and everything like that was of the Chinese version. Uh, So I was like, well, this is a deal because the Chinese version sells for about three times the American version. Okay. So I, they, you know, fuck it. The, the American one was a hundred bucks and the Chinese one goes for around 300 bucks. And they had uh, the Chinese one was buy it now a hundred dollars. So I was like, well, that's a really good price. It's perfect. It's sealed. The guy that was selling it had 100% positive feedback. Uh, It's coming from like Western PA. Uh, So I was like, I got to get this. I've been saying I wanted it for a while. Uh, I haven't smoked in like three weeks. So I've saved like $300 and not smoking. So all that money is just getting routed into Transformers. So I'm happy.
0: Awesome. I know that was a piece that you were looking for. I'm glad that you got a decent price on it, you know?
1: Yeah. And I, I do need still the U.S. version because I, I'm a psychopath. and I need both of them. But I'm glad I got the uh, harder-to-get one,
0: you know? Absolutely. All right. Is that the last purchase? That's
1: the last purchase, and then I just want to complain about something afterwards. Do you have anything else?
0: Yeah, so let me address uh, what Adam has been uh, tiptoeing around here in regards to the big giant Jabba's Palace with the uh, the fat uh, Bib Fortuna, right? The thick.
1: If you're nasty, think
0: okay. <laughs> <in> Fortuna. <laughs> so um, I'm being alerted to this thing being a thing, right? As whatever Hasbro Pulse Live was going on, okay?
1: Yeah, it's like they're their basic toy fair type deal. They're showing off yeah. all, all their new So products. I
0: pull up the video and I'm watching it, and they're really going over the hype of like how big this Jabba's palace thing is. And it comes with this and it comes with that, and they're showing the dimensions of it. And I'm like. This thing is way too fucking big. I have no room for this. There's no way in hell I'm going to get this. And then, of course, they do the gimmick where they show um, Boba Fett and uh, what's-her-face the there. Year. And it's, just, it's like, these figures are not included with it. I'm like, okay, so this is the only way that you can get the Bib Fortuna figure, which is fine, right? And then they show the price point of this thing is $230, yep. which is outrageous, right? But again, <laughs> listen. If you want a giant, like, three-foot-by-two-foot reproduction of Jabba's Palace, then I say, go for it, man. This is the thing for you. I just want the Bib Fortuna. But the problem is, my collection is mint in box. And if, when this set comes out, that there's a separate display box that the Bib Fortuna is in, when this thing ships in September of 2023... I'm sure there will be people unloading that on eBay.
1: Yeah, 100%.
0: And I'm sure that they're not going to be unloading that piece of the $230 set for $230. That thing is going to be priced to move because I can count the number of Bib Fortuna (laughs) mint and box collectors on one hand and have enough fingers left over to pick the pickles off the burger that I got today, right? Yeah. So... I'm a patient man. I'm not someone like you who's like, I'm spending money to invest money, right? (laughs) Yeah. I'm not going to go and drop $230 for a thing that's going to come out maybe 18 months from now. And then I got to worry about like where I'm going to keep this giant goddamn thing while I'm trying to flip a Jabba's Palace that I didn't want in the first place, that I essentially paid $230 for a figure, that I might be able to flip the Jabba's Palace. But it's just so much work involved where I could just wait the two years, year and a half, whatever it is, and then more than likely it's not going to be in its own separate box, the Bib Fortuna. It's going to be loose. Then that'll even be cheaper. It won't go with my collection that I'm going to hang up on the wall, but it just means it'll be less expensive for me to buy in 18 months. Right.
1: Yeah. So uh, I agree with a lot of stuff you're saying there. And if, if your goal obviously is to get the figure on its own at the end, great. You you'll have it. And I agree with you yeah. that the majority of the people buying this are buying it to display Boba Fett. in. you know, yeah. I don't think uh, fucking Bib fortuna is going to be the showcase of that, that piece. Um, my concern is I do not believe, and I have nothing to base this on other than a gut hunch I do not believe that Bib Fortuna will be packaged in any kind of presentable way. I think he's going to be in a baggie inside the box. Right. You know, it's not like because if you remember when we were talking about backing the uh, the new gen ring, you know, that one of the things that Mattel made the point to say is that the ultimate diesel and the ultimate uh, doink and the ultimate macho would be individually boxed as if they were retail, uh, retail ultimates. So that was a big a deal maker for me because I didn't want them if they were just going to be loose, but like, I just don't see that happening with this. So I think you're going to have a random Lucy, but at the end of the day, if that's the only way you can get this sculpt, this portrayal is to have them either be Lucy or be sealed in a giant box with all the rest of the stuff. I think it's an acceptable, you know, exception to your
0: collection. And I'll even go you one further. There's still another year and a half before this thing even comes out. Who's to say that they don't end up doing a separate thing just for the Bib Fortuna at some point down the road? Yeah, just
1: change the color of, like, something on it just so you could say it's a different figure, you know? Right. All right. I just like to keep you honest when it comes to your Bib Fortuna collection. Cause, yeah, you
0: know, Listen. If I could hang that giant box in the wall where you could see the figure, then I would have absolutely got it. Now, granted, I would need a fig protector for the box.
1: <laughs> Which one of us is the guy with the jeweler's
0: loops? You. Because you're the one that's putting everything in fig, fig protectors. Yeah, because I'm a mint and box collector, and I want to, you know, keep my stuff looking nice and displayed in a nice way, you know?
1: All right. All right, fair enough. All right, I'm just, again, like I said, I want to keep you honest. I want to make sure you know these things come out. I get the alerts for all the toys anyways. Uh, I always like to forward them along to you. Uh, but, all right, cool. Anything else?
0: Uh, no, that's all I got. All right.
1: Uh, I just want to bring up something that, that's just uh, really bugging me, uh, and that is I've made a... a I've complained both publicly and privately about some of the people in the major wrestling figure podcasts recently, the, oh in the, the Facebook group, not, not on the actual podcast. They're all saints, but I, in the Facebook group, uh, that like, I just, some of them just bug me. And like, it's the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the hypocriticalness is if that's a word of like the pricing of certain things. And the reason why I'm getting at this and like, one of the things that, that kind of got me angry a week or so ago, and, and this is what the boar calls the all heat, no heater segment. All right. So <laughs> strap in. Uh, like I was complaining about the fact that the rule in the Facebook group is if you are selling a new figure, something that's on the shelves right now, presumably a $20 figure, you cannot charge more than 35 shipped. So they figure, okay, with the cost of shipping and materials or whatever, maybe you're pocketing five bucks, you know, whatever. You're making a couple bucks for your troubles, but you're not getting rich off of, you know, the community of people in this Facebook group. All right. Right. So over the last couple months, the price of figures have gone up. You know, depending on where you go, they're twenty one dollars, they're twenty two dollars. I'm seeing in some bigger areas like in Philly or New York or California, new figures are twenty five dollars, twenty six
0: dollars. Yeah, because not to interrupt you, but I know when you had said 20 bucks, you know, when I look at stuff on ringside, like your average price is like twenty one to twenty three ninety nine for a figure. Sure. Unless and you're talking to basic and we talking about basic.
1: Yeah. And like ringside is always charged more than your average, like Walmart or target, but sure. like the cost of like new stuff at those stores has gone up and it's been brought up many times in the group. Hey, can we like move this rule of 35 ship and adjust it for modern times? Cause the cost of plastic has gone up. The cost of shipping has gone up. The cost of labor has gone up, all of that stuff. So can we like increase the cost of This to maybe 37 ships, you know, maybe 40 shipped. And, you know, the the people that run that Facebook group, which, again, aren't the pod people, but there are people that were put in power are like, no, $35 firm. We're not changing it. So it's like, what's the point of like trying to hook up people like, hey, I found this figure, the Goon or Zodiac or whatever these figures that people want. If you have to charge $35 and you end up losing money from it, you know, like I'm never going to fucking hook anybody up with a figure. If it's going to cost me money, like I'll let you know, and I'll let Brett DJ know that I found a figure, but I'm not going to be like, Hey, Facebook group, do you guys want these where I can go ahead and ship them to you and lose three bucks a figure? So that's what got me initially mad, but there's a reason why it's, I'm talking about this in the, this segment, Joe. I don't know if you know this, but I recently purchased a couple wedding micro brawlers. That's true. And uh, I might have bought a pair just to flip. And, you know, I waited until they all came in. I got both sets in uh, this week. I picked out which one was my favorite set because, you know, like looking them over with the jewelers loop. They were both pretty good, but I figured out this one's a better broski. This one's a better Chelsea, whatever. So I'm ready to go ahead and list the micro brawlers on uh the the major group and say these are for sale and i listed them for i don't even remember i basically listed them where i could make like a 100 bucks on it you know i double my money and i didn't oh no you know what it was i apologize i i i didn't put a price on there but i i kind of had it in my mind what i wanted but i just tweeted out or mentioned in the group that hey my my micro brawlers are here And uh, gonna be selling a set, so wink, wink, you know, just kind of like gauging some interest, see if somebody will will message me on these. So, Joe, wouldn't you know it? I got a couple DMs about these micro brawlers. Now, if you remember, uh, initially they were a hundred dollars plus tax plus shipping, which was uh, like
0: 124, I think it ends up being 125, if I remember. Uh,
1: I, if I'm not mistaken, so $106 after taxes, if we use Pennsylvania, I think it was like eight bucks shipping for each one. Okay, So 115, if you want to round up. Um, so uh, that's what I paid. They don't know that. And then broski went and listed them again. 125 because he found a couple Not a lot but a couple in his couch cushions
0: A Uh, a couple this week
1: Yeah uh, he opened His garage and grabbed a a pallet Uh, But he listed them for 125 plus tax plus shipping You know and I had gotten them for the cheaper Price but What I'm getting at is I got two DMs From people in this group making Me offers for these Micro brawlers And Joe do you want to take a wild guess Of what these offers were
0: for these micro brawlers if if they were offering you a max of 80 bucks i'm shooting high
1: you know <laughs> well again we know that they cost it originally uh the one person said uh that he would he, hey i see you're looking on low a set if you want to figure out what cost plus shipping is i'll take them off of you <laughs> like, okay, I bought them to break eve. I bought them out of the kindness of my heart so that I can make a major marks day Joe um, and then another person came at me with a hundred and like thirty dollar offer all right, so I'm like, all right, I'm like obviously not gonna consider that, but I responded to the person I didn't respond to the first one um, but like I'm thinking to myself, all right, if I paid one fifteen. Am I breaking even selling it for that price? If I sold it for, you know, if I paid 125 am I losing money? You get what I'm picturing. I'm kind of in like righteous indignation at this point. So I look at the guy's uh, Facebook page of like everything he's posted in the group, and he was selling uh, MJF Chase, an AEW MJF Chase for $200 in the Facebook group. So I said to him, I said, I will sell you these micro brawlers, these wedding brawlers at cost plus shipping. If you sell me that MGF chase at 35 shipped. And he was like, that's ridiculous. That's a bunch of bullshit. You know how rare these AEW chases are. Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, that 1 in 5,000 like uh Wedding Chase or I'm sorry, AEW Chase as opposed to this super limited Micro Brawler that it that there's definitely no more than 250
0: of." Oh, definitely no more than that.
1: <laughs> but obviously, do you get how ridiculous that is that you're going to go and try to charge $200 for an AEW figure that you paid 20, 25 bucks for? and then get pissy that I won't sell you $100 wedding brawlers at cost. Like, that's what fired me up, is that like, alright, I will sell you the, the wedding brawlers for what I paid, you sell me that MJF Chase that I don't even fucking want, but I'll take it for 20 bucks or for 35 ships, <laughs> you know, but that was a no-go, so that's what infuriated me. Uh, I want to fight a lot of the people in this group, but... Uh... <laughs> There are a lot of good ones too, I'll say, but, uh-huh. uh, but, uh, I, I was just very much fired up over that and I figured I'd, I'd vent on here since this is my therapy session.
0: So the question I have is that guy who was asking 200, sh- uh, for the MJF chase, he yeah. sold it already, right?
1: Oh, I'm sure he has, but I have no idea. I didn't go back and check. It was just right. listed
0: as available. Cause that's the thing. And like, I get it. So it's up to the group to police the other people in the group. And if we're going to hold fasten this 35 ship thing for you know new off-the-rack figures but we make special rules for chase figures then you need to make that as clear as possible yeah i mean i i don't think anybody has
1: implied that you shouldn't be making money off of micro or off of wedding brawlers Sure. But I just think these people thought that I bought an extra set just to be a good brother and to make sure that they got a set for for cost.
0: Right, to you pass know. the savings along to these people that you hardly know. Exactly. <laughs> it's a community when it benefits them, but it's a business when it benefits you.
1: Yes, apparently.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and again, this is this is the, the Cardona wedding micro brawler business, not the Cardona wedding brawler. Friendship
0: <laughs> No, I was going to say it's the Cardona wedding brawler opportunity
1: <laughs>
0: Oh, there's that word again yeah. yeah,
1: I just wanted to go ahead and vent about that And uh, just say that I, I, I still have a set of wedding brawlers available But uh, I'm not in any hurry So I'll just sit on them for a while I don't fucking
0: need the money Well, you know, I say you sit on them till December And you trade them for the first anniversary wedding brawlers <laughs> Yep, yep, yep Yeah uh,
1: or any other future wedding related events that Broski might have. Right.
0: <laughs> right. Uh,
1: all right. That's all I got, Joe. Just a short, brief show to this one. All
0: right. <laughs> I said it was going to be about two hours and it's almost there, right? Uh, yeah, just about. <laughs> Some editing will fix that. Uh, hey, so everyone, thank you very much uh, for listening to 177 of Add with Wrestling. For Adam, this is Joe, again, saying be safe out there and enjoy some rest.
2: You're listening to the soon-to-be-named
0: Network. The Lamborghini of Podcast Network.